Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your continued support. With everything going on right now, your rest is so important. That's why we're having the biggest my pillow sale ever. Not only are my bed pillows as low as $19.98, but you can get the best body pillows ever. Regular $89.98, now only $29.98. Take your rest on the go with our Roll and Go Anywhere My Pillows for only $14.98. And we have our new couch and accent pillows. They aren't just for looks. They have MyPillow's patented adjustable fill that gives you that amazing MyPillow comfort. In this economy, you get the best gifts ever for the best prices ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you get deep discounts on body, couch, bolster pillows, and so much more, including my original bed pillows for as low as $19.98. Please order now while quantities last. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now, on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta. Cut you down Go tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell him that God's gonna cut him down Tell him that God's gonna cut him down Well, my goodness gracious, let me tell you the news My head's been wet with the midnight dew I've been down on bended knee Talking to the man from Galilee He spoke to me with a voice so sweet I thought I heard the shuffle of angels sweet 
He called my name and my heart stood still When he said, John, go do my will Go tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell him that God's gonna cut him down Tell him that God's gonna cut him down You can run on for a long time Run on for a long time Run on for a long time Sooner or later gotta cut you down Sooner or later gotta cut you down Well you may throw your rock, hide your hand Working in the dark against your fellow man But as sure as God made black and white What's done in the dark will be brought to the light You can run on for a long time Run on for a long time Run on for a long time Sooner or later gotta cut you down Sooner or later gotta cut you down Go tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell him that God's gonna cut you down Tell him that God's gonna cut you down Tell him that God's gonna cut you down Fuckers to another edition of the Patriot Correction True Spiracy. This is what number 38. 38. 38. True Spiracy number 38. I'm 38. excited. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, we have Dr. Brett Barker coming to join us today. Now, I've been following Dr. Brett Barker on Twitter for uh, uh, quite a long time now. Um, gotcha. And, uh, you know, in case you guys haven't figured it out, we've been doing a, a bit of a series, Hope and Healing. We keep talking about how we need to get off that path of death and destruction and get onto one of hope and healing. And uh, and normally we bring the doctors on for just an hour on, during the week, but something told me that I should bring Dr. Brett on for a true spiracy show. And then he sent me his book and I read it and I, I was right. Um, so uh, anyway, but he... So yeah, we, we brought him on for a show that yeah. we can go literally five, six, eight. Well, he has about an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. So, um, but in, in his book, which is called Sold Out Souls, which is why that's the name of this episode. And it's in... Um, Parents? Yeah. Uh, no, quotation, quotation marks. marks. Yes. Yes. Um, but uh, so yeah, I want to I bring him right, right in. But he talks about um, COVID and then the evil that they've perpetrated on us and, uh, and then how to, how to deal with COVID early treatment protocols, lays it all out. And then how to deal with exactly what we've been talking about. Vax injuries, shedding, we're going to get into all that. So let's, let's bring him in so we don't waste any time. Well, no, so. no further ado, sir. Welcome. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good, good. Is that too bright for you guys? Afternoon, depending on where you are. He's in California. Oh yes, yeah. About that. Morning for you there. Yes, it is. <laughs> One of those pockets, it's not so commie, so it's all right. But, you know, I think there's a lot of those in California. Um, there are. As we there saw are. during the election. Yeah, more and than I, we've I all been right out of the gate. Yeah, I can tell you right out of the gate. I talk to lots of people every single day, and they portray us as the minority. We are not. We are not the minority. They just wanted to look that way. I'm, I'm hearing the same thing out in New York. We've got, uh, you know, we've got a bunch a of friends of in New York. Friends and family still yeah. live in New York. And they said they don't know anyone who voted for Kathy Hochul. Like everyone voted for Lee Zeldin. And, and you know, same thing happened to you guys in, in California. 
um, what they declared Newsom the winner with zero uh, percent of the zero percent counted. But anyway, but I don't want to get into politics, although politics is you know has a lot to do with COVID. But um, but uh, anyway, why, why don't you uh, tell our audience a little bit about about yourself, your background, where you come from, and um, you know. Oh, Why you want to you're not sure. We'll do, we'll do <laughs> the elevator speech as much as we can. So, you know, California, born and bred, grew up on the central coast of California, a small town, a little ranch town. Um, you know, high school after that, got into aerospace, 12 years in the army, became a tank commander, came back out, you know, odd jobs here and there, raised a family or two. Um, after Margaret Harley Davidson parts, business. I was always an R&D my whole life. I got in computers when I was nine. I was that, that nerdy kid, um, but, you know, also took kickboxing and martial arts and different things. So I prefer the term intellectual badass these days. But anyway, um, after 9-11, I got tired of industries crashing out and the economy going to hell. So I looked at something that I could do that would be more economy friendly. I could use, still use the brain cells I had left. So I got into healthcare in 2002. Um, since then, uh, in the last 20 years, uh, I taught nursing for 10 years at the same program I did my first two associates at in, in Gilroy, California, um, clinical and theory. Um, I earned my bachelor's and then a master's as a nurse educator. And then I went on to get my doctor of nursing practice, which is my education and my family nurse practitioner, which is my license. So a lot of people don't know what those are. So it is a clinical doctorate. It's an extra 1500 hours on top of my master's and my bachelor's and my other two associate's degrees. So I have a lot of experiential training as well as clinical. So it's not a research doctorate. It's a hands-on. I cut people. I show people. I assess, diagnose, treat, etc. Um, and during that whole time, uh, yeah, I went to school for 12 years while working the last 20 in ICU primarily, as well as emergency department, plastic surgery, ortho, urgent cares, and stuff like that. So I've seen a broad gamut of things. I've edited textbooks for Elsevier and pharmacology, uh, drug calculations textbooks, as well as uh, um, manuals for physicians and physician assistants to diagnose, assess, and, and treat clients, as well as writing test questions. So um, when COVID came out, you know, all that stuff basically meant I was an idiot because I didn't go along with the narrative because I questioned things by using my head. So uh, yeah. about your background, first, I want to just start with, uh, well, that's, first of all, you spent way more time in school <laughs> than I think I've even thought about ever spending time in school. And that's even including my high school and my college time, because I did everything to make sure I was not in school. So outside of that, <laughs> I got uh, a story about that. Believe me, <laughs> your tank commander days. That's kind of where I was going to start. Where, where did, where was that at? When did, when was that? Where well, and when? That was primarily, you know, yeah, I went in in 86, my senior in high school, delayed entry, and I want to be a weekend warrior playing around the tanks So uh, Fort Knox for four months, Kentucky in 87. I came back here, started one of the first tank schools to train uh, reservists um, in armor uh, since first Gulf War hit in Kuwait. I trained soldiers from Fort Lewis would come down with their tow mountain Hummers and teach them tactics with working with armor because they weren't used to it. I was in a program called Excellence in Armor. So it's primary stateside camp it's a fun place called uh, NTC down at Fort Irwin, which is hell on earth, as well as Gallon Field, Idaho, where I did my tank commander school and uh, been around Holy here and there. Shit. But the cool thing is the United States Cavalry and Armor Association has a knighthood called the Order of St. George. And I was proudly into that knighted in 2016 at Fort Hood. 
Well, I was actually going to ask you about that because being a tank commander, you would know about that. And uh, seeing that I was uh, never death before dismount, I was always um, the ground pounder. So I was always the crunchy ones that you were rolling over. Um, that being said, it was uh, I just was asking because I heard that and I was wondering about your time at Fort Irwin because it kind of made me giggle because I, too, spent a uh, desolate, isolate um, two years there. Uh, I got lucky, though, because um, while I was there, I, I spent three weeks there after we got married before he deployed and it really was hell on earth. <laughs> I, uh, I got lucky. I went to a school, I got accepted and, uh, ended up somewhere a ways away from there back to where I wanted to be. I, when I got sent there, I was supposed to be going to, um, the, uh, if you remember, they were the, uh, God, what the, the tarantula group. I was supposed to be an OC. I was supposed to be part okay. of the airport the airborne part of the group that, Hey, we go jump with all the airborne units and we keep our jump status and everything else. Well, long story short, when I got sent there, I arrived there. My orders got changed. Little did I know, like by the post, it was like by the post, whatever their S S one shop at the post, uncle Jack. And they changed my orders from going to the tarantula group to, I ended up with two eleven ACR. Your dad's old unit out of Fort Irwin because of uncle Jack and I got sent over to Iraq with 211 ACR that hadn't deployed in 38 years. The last time they deployed was 1964 in Vietnam. And I wow. got to go with them and I was like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> now I know why I don't like big army anymore. And I went right back to the special forces side and I stayed there. I never left that side, but anyway, yeah. Long story short. Anyway, anyway, my so fellow tracks, uh, you're a long range shooter for sure. And I, I like the targets that you aim at. Um, I, I believe in the headshot too, even though your headshot's different than mine. <laughs> hey, Doc, it was a complete accident. All right. <laughs> Everybody takes this out of context. The first time was a complete accident. We were shooting uphill. What do you got to judge for right, when you're Carl. shooting uphill? Eleva <laughs> elevation. You didn't. I didn't take elevation into account. I just caught him and it was shit. And everybody else heard it, but it stopped the firefight dead silent. And it was amazing. That scream that oh, came that, out of it. That's crazy. And it turned to and then it was the Geneva Convention. It's not my against the Geneva Convention. So. My best friend turned to me and he goes, dude, you have to do this from now on. <laughs> Every time that we get into a fight, if you do not clip somebody's nuts, you're never going to make a name for yourself. Well, after that, it was every time. And then for a couple months there, we didn't get into a firefight. We were down at Ashura with a bunch of elders from this village. And I'm reading the posters on the wall. And my buddy comes up to me, he goes, what are you reading? I was like, wanted posters. And he's like, who do they want? I said, well, I just started this one. It sounds like they want me. And he said, why? And I said, well, actually, when you actually break this one down. You actually read it in English. It says they're looking for the man who has a fist full of dicks. <laughs> in which case it, it didn't make, it didn't make any sense to me. But then my buddy goes, Holy shit. They're looking for dick punch. And I was like, touche, touche, sir. That's my wanted poster. They wanted 433 rubles for me, which turns out to $38 and 51 cents American. Yes. But I, I, we, we keep telling, you know, we should move out to California because he could really make a name for himself performing bottom surgery from a mile away. Dr. Mix vasectomy clinic. Pin, pinpoint transgender surgery. 
<laughs> yeah, if you ever seen Paradise PD on Netflix, it, it totally relates to your your prior occupation. Yeah, that's hysterical. I have not watched that yet. Okay. I well, might we'll have, have to watch to put that. that on the list. So, well, funny. But, um, oh, you're gonna lose your mind. <laughs> All right. So fun stuff over. So you were, you were actively treating jab injured patients. And actually I, so y'all, I wrote up uh, half the Substack yesterday, part one, cause it was a five hour show on Friday. Um, but I wrote up what I thought was the most important part. And I shared it with Dr. Brett, which was how I started to break down my cousin's wall of denial that she's got a vax injury. And I, I posted screenshots of the text messages from July when she said, I've had this forever. It can't be from the COVID shot. Please respect my boundaries to now when she says, uh, that totally makes sense. Please help me. Um, and, and actually I, 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 uh, she is going to see a doctor now if that doesn't work out. Cause I, the first thing I told her is the great thing about doctors is you can fire them and find another one. If you don't like what your doctor has to say, if they're not helping you actively, then find another one. That's right. So, um, well, well I haven't approached that. So, um, you know, the, the way the book came about started, you know, after I had a little, you know, med spa, I was doing, you know, trying to do my doctor nursing practice and pee stuff and just kind of be cool, do Botox fillers, things like that got shut down just like their nail salons and went back to the bedside as a nice you nurse. And so during February 2020 to February 2021, I was in eight hospitals, six in California, one in New Orleans, one in Brooklyn, working in ICU, seeing what they were doing, seeing wasn't working and was zipping up more body bags than everyone has seen in my life. And when I talk about PTSD, it was horrible. Nobody would listen. Um, you, I would show them a pulse oximeter that had eight of these things stuck on a patient because they couldn't get a reading because of microclots, which they would not admit they were there. So all, all these things culminated. I started working on the book in June of 2020. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that is that is so important because when we had Dr. Stella on some months ago, she was saying that she had patients walking into her clinic with COVID that were at 80% oxygen and they're walking around walking and talking. And she was like, don't go, you, right. you're fine. You're, you're okay. And I, and that didn't make sense to me, but you explained it in your book. You explained that the scientific reason in layman's terms and it clicked. And I was like, that's exactly what Dr. Stella was talking about. Can you please explain it to our audience? Why people with COVID or with vaccine injuries can have such low oxygen saturation and yet be seemingly fine walking and talking when you'd think they'd be in a body bag. Not only that, also understand, understand folks too, on a pulse ox, if you're anywhere but below for instance, for an EMT or a paramedic, which is what I was, that's the closest I got to the medical field. If you're under 21% oxygen, we're putting oxygen on you. If it's under 21%, if it drops below, if there's a 21% drop, so if you're under 90, if you're under 95%, we're putting a mask on you. You're getting um, air from a bottle. You're not breathing what's out there. So if you have blood clots and all of a sudden you're getting a mask put on you well, and it's giving let, you supercharged oxygen, you start ripping the shit off because you're like, let, I don't want let, it. Let Dr. Brett explain why this is happening, please, because it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. For, fortunately, yeah, I do. I do do this explanation often, so I will try not to do it too fast. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, people are walking, talking, chewing gum, walking in the hospital. 73% sats, 85%, 96 So. An oxygen saturation curve is exactly that. It goes from 199, 98 downward until it hits about 90, and then it turns into a cliff. 
Now you might see a COPD person with obstructive pulmonary disease hover about 88 because they're used to that. But once you're below that, you are not talking to me. Okay. You're goofy. Um, it's actually a thing you probably read in my book. I call it COVID cuckoo. I'm talking about putting the mask on the person or taking it off because the oxygen's not reaching the brain. So, so here's what happens. First of all, COVID's a two-phase illness. Okay, they modified the coronavirus body itself, included some herpes-like components to get it into our nervous system. That's why people lose taste and smell and why acyclovir works to treat it, as well as ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other things. And those usually takes three to five days to get through that viral phase. It's caused a common cold for 10,000 years, aches, fever, pain, chills, maybe nausea, diarrhea, and vomiting. Okay. The problem is the spike protein, S1 spike protein delivered on this thing that's been derived from studies. They did a lot of things which create clotting in the person's body, which we don't really need to get to in detail, but that's where it came from. So the problem is it starts inflammation and clotting. It's what they call a cytokine storm. Now, that is a misnomer. It's more like a storm brewing. It starts on day one, like cracking an egg on a frying pan and turning it on low. Okay. Inflammation and clotting are going on this whole time if you don't treat it. So two sides. One is clotting. You get a cut, <clears throat> your body activates platelets to make them sticky. It starts making protein threads called fibrin to attach them to a red blood cell and make what's called a microemboli or a piece of concrete that no longer carries oxygen to go plug the hole and make a scab. But the hole doesn't exist. See, spike protein hits a receptor in our lungs called ACE2, angiotensin-converting enzyme 2, and it tricks your body into thinking you got your hand cut off. Because that angiotensin-converting enzyme 2, angiotensin 2, is a vasoconstrictor. It tells your arteries what size to be and what muscle tone to have. So once it gets tricked into this, it triggers inflammation and clotting. So these little pieces of concrete no longer carry oxygen. Now, the pulse oximeter, which is about $2 in electronics, sends a light through the skin to detect the gas oxygen on a healthy red blood cell. If it's there, it reads 100. Now it's a computer, so it reads an average. As that flow goes by, if there's clots, it's going to read higher or lower depending on what it sees. So you can be 73, 86, 94, 92, and get inaccurate readings all day long because of clotting. Even if you get a stable number at 86 or 87, it's inaccurate. It's probably 5 to 8% lower than what the person is really getting, especially if they're talking to you. So the problem with that is they get in the hospital. They want to put them on the ventilator. And here's the trick. <clears throat> Before I get into inflammation, I have talked to thousands of patients, hundreds of colleagues at Frontline and FLCCC. Our patients are always telling us, I tested positive again today, again today, again today, again today. Now I'm negative. Now it's 9 to 14 days is about the average. Okay. So somebody goes through the viral phase. They're done in five, maybe seven days max. Now they're day 14 going to the hospital with 86% SATs. They're a week out of the viral phase. They still test positive. They put them on a ventilator. So, and they give them an antiviral, which they no longer need. So that's kind of the background on the COVID and spike protein. The inflammation is the killer, along with the clotting. Before the, the primary killer comes from the hospital. Before we get to okay. before we get to the yeah. before we get to the inflammation, I have two questions because you just said a whole lot there. <laughs> um, my first question: Has anybody ever looked at this? Because uh, what you just said about being crazy, something I know COVID cuckoo, <clears throat> COVID cuckoo, as you said, um, and then what you just said, everything you just spit out, which was makes a so lot much of sense. a lot of information, and makes me ask a question because. I've done a number of jobs. One of the jobs I got to I got to do and I still hold on to is I'm also a master bell diver. I am the highest you can get diving wise. I tell you that you can go diving. 
one of the questions I have is a lot of the symptoms you just ran off with the COVID cuckoo thing. Have you ever looked at nitrogen narcosis? Yeah. For the causes of, because it sounds to me when they're COVID cuckoo like that, that sounds like nitrogen narcosis. And if you don't know what nitrogen narcosis is, when you're swimming or you're breathing two gas underwater, you have a mass load of nitrogen that your body can absorb. Once it gets too much, you start to go crazy underwater. And for instance, they tell you to follow your bubbles when you're diving. So if your bubbles go up, you follow your bubbles up because that's always where the air is at. Well, these people swim straight down. When they have too much nitrogen in their body, their body can't break it down and it causes you to get like drunk-like personality under the water, which causes you to do the shit that you wouldn't do. So if you would normally swim up, you're going to swim down. If you'd normally leave your respirator in your mouth, you're going to take it out. If you normally leave your mask on, you're going to take it off, stuff like that. Have, has anybody ever thought about that? So- Hold on. So if the spike protein is, is inhibiting oxygen from getting into red blood cells, as we know that, that it is, but is, is nitrogen still getting in? Is that what could be causing like, the, COVID, still naturally, the COVID cuckoo? He's got something. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah. So, so remember oxygen is only 20.8% of our atmosphere. It's very high in nitrogen, CO2 and the other gases. So red blood cells are designed to carry oxygen. They have four spots on hemoglobin to carry oxygen like a truck, right? Each one's got a, there's four wheels on the red blood cell truck. Okay. When you turn it into a blood clot, it no longer carries oxygen. Okay. It's oxidized. It's now a clot. It's designed to be concrete. It has no other function other than to be a plug. So the nitrogen comes from the excess gas in your blood versus oxygen. So you, just like you ha can have an electrolyte imbalance, you have a gas imbalance. imbalance. The problem with the blood clotting is you have a gas exchange issue because you're not carrying as much oxygen in the blood. So that's part of it. Let's say if you had no inflammation and you had the blood clotting, maybe you're going to go from 100 to 96, 95%. Now, I've, I've talked to doctors through this with Frontline. I have one a good friend of mine and, and had her do this over the phone with me. And she watched the sensor change over days because it was bouncing around and I put her on natokinase to start breaking down the clots in her blood and then it stabilized finally. She's like, oh, because she believed me, but she didn't have full faith until she had to experience it herself. So you're carrying less oxygen in your blood and I'll give you a COVID cuckoo story when I'm done with inflammation. A pretty easy one to talk just about what you said. So inflammation, I'm sure you've gotten a cut that's gotten red and swollen before. Okay, mm -hmm. that's inflammation. It's called a capillary leak. Your tissues have to allow fluid in to open the tissues up by going from a garden hose to a soaker hose. So the white blood cells, proteins, et cetera, et cetera, can get in there and fix the injury and repair it and remove debris. Right. That's what it does. OK, that is great when there's a cut. It hurts, but it's OK. That's inflammation is doing its job. And you can see, you know, if it hurts too bad, but really it's doing its job. The problem is when that happens in your lungs. Okay, everybody talks about COVID pneumonia. Technically, it is inflammatory pneumonia induced by spike protein. Okay, you probably read about that in my book. Mm -hmm. That same capillary leak in tissues. Here's your little air balloon in your lungs. Here's your blood vessels. They're supposed to be next to each other so that carbon dioxide can go out and oxygen can, can come into the blood. When you start getting that little trickle in there, fluid in between that space is called pneumonia by definition. Mm -hmm. Okay, so not from a virus or a bacteria. You can get a secondary bacterial pneumonia if you let that go on, but this is the big problem. So imagine not being able to get oxygen through water. It's pretty difficult. The longer it goes on, the cytokine storm brewing, 
Okay, that little creek gets wider and wider and wider. Now, as it gets to a certain point, you're no longer able to get carbon dioxide out into that air sac again and exhale it. You're not going to make Perrier in your lungs. So your kidneys have to take over to get rid of carbon dioxide. Now, this is an organ involvement, so this is now called acute respiratory distress syndrome. Okay, so your kidneys are getting rid of the carbon dioxide as bicarbonate or liquid baking soda. So you're 10 to 14 days in, walking, talking, chewing gum, 82%. You're out of the viral phase already. You test positive for COVID. They want to give you remdesivir and put you on a ventilator. Your blood's clotting up. You have impaired gas exchange become the fluid in your lungs, and they're going to sedate you and make you immobile so that the rest of your body can clot up. And they're going to keep trying to push pressure and oxygen to get that number up to 100, which they never will because yeah. they will not break down the clots. They give patients aspirin. They give them anticoagulants. Those two things prevent future clots from forming. They do nothing to break down the clots that are there because they deny their existence. I've seen test tubes clot up while I was trying to get blood samples. I've seen oxygen sensors. That was my first clue. It's happening. But because they can't see a huge pulmonary embolism, DVT, or some large thing on an image, it doesn't connect the dots, and it drives me nuts. So that explains... This is what was going on. Yeah. That explains the first, my first patient that I said that the blood looked weird. Like we went and pulled a vial. <clears throat> this was a DUI stop. Now, firefighters, paramedics, we get called all the time to do these. We go up yeah. and we pull blood. When I pull blood from this dude's arm, who's up walking and talking, he's drunker than fuck. I pull blood out of his arm in a test in, in the tube. When I did it, it was like black. It wasn't yeah. blood. There was, I, I don't think there was an ounce of blood in the vial. And I told the cop that. He said, well, I'm taking it anyway. And I was like, hey, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. And then the, immediately after that blood, I went and asked the guy, he said, before the cop took him away, I said, and he was handcuffed in the back of the ambulance. I asked him, mm -hmm. I said, hey, are you, have you been vaccinated? He said, yeah. He's like, my card's in my wallet. He said, the cops got it. I said, okay, just wondering. Yep. Now here's the because key to what you just said. Here's the key to what you just said. Spike protein causes what spike protein causes, whether it comes from the wild or artificially making your body produce spike protein, which is what these things do. Now I'm not jabbing, jabbing the jabs, even though I just don't agree with them. I've had all the vaccines except for this one because I don't believe in it. I believe Dr. Malone from day one when he started talking about it when they were first coming out, and I looked into it. If you tell your body okay, to make a toxin like spike protein, okay, first of all, it's bad. You're poisoning yourself out of the gate. That then triggers your body to make antibodies against the spike protein your body just made. That, by definition, is autoimmune disease. You can teach a first grader that. Okay, so it causes autoimmune disease. Now your body's confused. Do, do I fight spike protein? Do I fight pancreas cells? Do I fight heart cells? What do I do? I'm confused. You know, it, it screws with your immune system. And, and again, it causes inflammation and clotting. We've seen enough of this with, with the myocarditis, the diet. Suddenly they want to debunk all the clots. I pulled pick lines and central lines out of patients with long straining clots on them because uh, we couldn't get any flow. But I've also seen TPA go through those pick lines is to declot them. Had to use a lot sometimes. And amazingly, those patients, if you didn't suck it back out, their oxygen stats started climbing in the morning. 
Wow. But they refused to use TPA. I write about it in my book. I put the doses in there and everything. There was a couple doctors I worked with that did it, and it worked. Nobody else wanted to play with it, um, but it absolutely works every single time. So when I got back from Brooklyn in February 21, I released the first edition of my book and vowed to do my best to keep people out of the hospital because they're not treating it effectively appropriately, or at least with an open mind to practice and look at things. What is the cause and how can we solve it? And fortunately, I gained enough experience in the last couple of years that it works 100% of the time. I don't know any other physician in any hospital, and I'm not even a physician that can say they got 100% success rate treating mild to you should have been in the hospital. I have one gal up in Idaho. She was 73% sats. I talked her through it every single day for 10 to 15 minutes every morning. Why wasn't I freaked out? It wasn't just because I'm a 20-year ICU nurse or a tanker. It's because she was talking to me on the phone. She was okay. She just needed time to have all this stuff work. The thing was like when, for instance, let, let me give you the whole, we got called this dude. He was in a car wreck and it was a blood draw and they couldn't get the medic that was there. There was already a paramedic that was there. Now, mind you, my primary job was firefighting, but I did the paramedic stuff um, in the military. So when they were like, Hey, we need somebody to come do a blood draw. I was like, well, I can do it. I showed up and I was like, well, she, she hit him Like, uh, I want to say it was, uh, um, it was a 22 gauge needle. It was a normal blood draw needle. And uh, she didn't get anything. I was like, okay, well, give me a bigger needle. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, if you didn't get anything, let's go down a little bit and let's try it again with, with an 18 or maybe even, I, I, I don't want to do this, but let's go to the human straw. Let's go to the 11 if we have to. <laughs> and um, she was like, she was like, well, I don't want to do that because it's going to be a lot of, that's going to be painful. Isn't that like, what you used to do that? Um to, to reinflate that guy's lung that time on the side of the yeah, head. that was I got in a lot of trouble for that, but that's <laughs> not either, either. so it didn't matter. Um, he he was Dark like, uh, she was, yeah, she was she was like, I, I don't know if I want to do that. It's gonna be a lot of pain. I was like, no, don't worry about it. I'll I'll do it. So I I flipped it and I rolled it and I put it in there. And man, when I put it in there, at first I got nothing. There was nothing in the vial. I was like, what the fuck? And then I turned it. When I turned it, whatever I did, I broke loose whatever was in the vein. And it just like it first came out in a big glob and then blood poured in behind it. And I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is that? And it was black. It wasn't red. It wasn't brown. It was black. And I was like, that's disgusting. I don't know what's wrong with you, dude, but you probably want to go see a doctor. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and they were, Go ahead. Uh, Dr. Breck, real, real quick, um, you said uh, that uh, you had put something through the, the pick line that broke up the fibrous blood clots. What was right, that? Right. Ooh, so TPA, TPA, what is okay, Altaplase is a fibrinolytic enzyme. It is in every single hospital on the planet. We use it when you have a heart attack, a stroke, a deep vein thrombosis, or a pulmonary embolism. Everybody, they've, oh, they they Slammed it into our heads every time we do any annual review, door to needle time, 90 minutes or less, boom, 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 get in and get the TPA on board. Save brain cells, save heart cells, save all these things. They refuse to use it in COVID patients because they can't see these huge clots. Yeah. So it breaks it down. So alternatively, they use oral supplement over the counter, natokinase at three to four times the recommended dose to break down clots in people's blood. You take it on Empty stomach, full glass of water. First thing in the morning, no food for an hour because you don't want to break apart the clot in your sausage. Um, you want to break apart your blood, and they get better. People have been taking it for years um, for stroke prevention. Okay, it's made and out of psilocybin oil and soybeans. It's over the this counter. Is, it's called natto kinase. Yeah. 
Natokinase. 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 Yeah. Natokinase. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Peptase yeah, does something similar. Kinase is another one. So Sarah Peptase is a proteolytic. It breaks down non-living organic matter. Now, I'll tell you why these two are important. So we talked about the clotting side to break apart clots. Um, so whether it's from wild or from, um, you know, outside spike protein produced by your body, you're going to do this clotting inflammation. Here's the thing with inflammation. The reason you still can't get these numbers up okay part of tissue repair is not just making a scab and plugging the hole you need to fix it your body must then also make collagen to make a matrix like a fiberglass mat and hyaluronic acid for that fiberglass gel to go in the mat hyaluronic acid the same stuff you use in lip filler okay so your body's making this along with the protein threads fiber and all the stuff's floating around in your blood because there's no hole to plug okay remember that little gap full of water in your lungs Ever, ever get a cut? Your skin always heals to the normal level unless it gets keloided, right? It's going to be normal as much as possible. Your body knows how to fill a hole with collagen and hyaluronic acid. Well, the hyaluronic acid is going to find a hole to fill, and it's that fluid-filled gap between your air, air sacs in your lungs, the alveoli, and your capillaries and your blood vessels. See? So now you're trying to push oxygen gas through jello, right? That's and then ultimately possible. it will be scar tissue um, and you know pulmonary fibrosis from that. There's so many people they call with long haul with COPD after they got better. I have a whole section in the her book father, on pulmonary rehab. Which her, father's got that. Yeah. Her, her father okay. was just and, and everything in my pulmonary rehab. They say does not work. And every patient that has done it has gotten better. And they've gone back with clear x-rays within four to five months. It does take time. Now here's the key to that. When you talk about like the died suddenly movie and these clots, I say that's just typical you know, post-mortem clotting and stuff, which I call maybe, but it's mostly BS because if this stuff's floating around your body and you have spike protein in your body and you don't have inflammatory pneumonia from wild COVID, but spike protein causes what spike protein causes, which is inflammation and clotting, you're going to make hyaluronic acid, collagen, as well as these fibrin and make these little blood clots. So yes, those are fibrous clots in people's veins from these. That's the source that is the cause. That's the source. That's why they're there. That's not their, why they're not big red clotty things. They're fibrous clots because your body made it. It's looking for a hole. So it gets stuck and they clump together. It's basic stuff. You know, you I, I got to say, Doc, I do. Um, reading reading your book and, and I went back and reviewed some of the, um, some of the, the protocols at the end before we get on the show today. And, and I was struck by, and, and I, Two years ago, I had no idea about any of this. We were definitely not, you know, looking for how to heal from the jab two years ago because, I mean, at then we were just <clears throat> still crazy. trying to identify yeah, we, what it was. We were crazy conspiracy theorists talking about the the side effects that the FDA or the CDC had put out, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. in that, you know, ten second quick presentation that wasn't ever supposed to be up there, that little slide. But this jackass here actually went out and took the jab as a, a science experiment. Um, and um, after I kicked him in the nuts more than once, um, I, uh, I don't know, I just kind of started following my instincts and throwing everything I could at him. And, and going through your book, I was like, man, I used this on him. I used this on him. I used this on him. And he didn't even know it. Um, 
you talked a lot about uh, something that's in mushrooms. They always make fun of me. My kids are like, do we have to eat mushrooms with every meal? I say, no, you only eat one meal a day at home. So you really only have to eat mushrooms with one meal a day. But I was feeding him mushrooms like crazy. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned chaga mushrooms in there. I was putting chaga. I have this chaga mushroom tincture. Um, it was actually, it was, it's like chaga mushrooms and lion's mane and something else. And I was throwing that in his food without him knowing it, um, feeding him turmeric and magnesium. And I mean, all, all this stuff. And when he went into uh, a hematologist six months after his second jab, he has no spike proteins whatsoever in his blood. His blood is completely clean. He's had, he had some inflammation at the very beginning after the jab, but since that he's had, he's had nothing. I mean, except yeah. for the injuries that he causes to himself when he's an idiot. But other than that, um, who doesn't do that? This was not in the book. So, you know, I haven't updated it yet, but a lot of people with uh, brain fog and things. So luteolin will help protect your neurons five different ways from spike protein as well as other cells, but primarily your brain. So this along with the lines made for a lot of the things as well as there's a prescription antibiotic called minocycline that helps because some yep. people get like a, a traumatic brain injury style from, from either COVID or, or the yeah, vaccine that makes spike protein. Now the COVID back to the COVID cuckoo to tell you the story. So I'm in New York community hospital in Brooklyn and I'm in a pod taking care of eight patients. It's co-ed. Now, you know, a lot of Russian Jews and stuff. I got this 92-year-old woman in there who's got the COVID cuckoo, won't leave her mask on and stuff, you know, and she's tearing her gown off every two minutes and stuff. Every time I put it back on, try to put a sheet on, can't restrain her, right, because she's cuckoo, and they're really not doing anything for her other than some steroids, you know, some Eliquis and some aspirin. Um, and you know that before she got there, she was very prim, proper, and she would not think once of even undressing, um, maybe even in front of another woman to fit a dress on her, right? But yeah, people do an opposite of what they would do. Like I talk in the book, it's like a drowning person. You know, you got to get behind them. Don't let them grab money. They will take you down with them um, because they're they're starving for for oxygen. But I I, I know where the, I was so glad to see when died suddenly came out because um, they, they talk about it. They nobody asked me. I would tell them that's where the clots come from. It's that simple. Um, that explanation will hold true. You get some of those clots. You tell them apart. They're made from collagen, hyaluronic acid, and fiber. And that is induced by that simple process. You trigger inflammation and clotting. There's no hole to plug. You're going to build all these products, right? And then it's got to go somewhere, right? Your body made them to be used. And so it will use them, even if it clogs you up and kills you. Because when guess what? It's still a hole. An artery is still a hole. A vein yeah. is still a hole. Your body's going to plug a hole. Absolutely. So when actually, uh, seven, hold on, 17 years ago, Mick had a, he had a, he sustained a combat injury. He hit his head. Well, he hit, they hit an IED going about 70 miles an hour and he hit his head so hard on the windshield that it detached the capillaries from an, uh, the major artery in his corpus callosum and his neurosurgeon, they initially did an, an embolization and they ran a microcatheter from the femoral artery in his leg up to his brain. And the doctor used what he described to me as Bondo for the brain to block off yep. the holes where the capillaries had attached. And that, that sounds exactly like what you're describing. Exactly. Um, those little concrete plugs that your, your body is now making with the spike protein. So, I mean, if, if one of those little concrete, well, now since that, they didn't catch it all. So uh, six months later, they ended up doing a full craniotomy. They told me that he'd be dead in five years. They'd only be doing it for five years. Everyone was dead. That was 17 years ago. So, you know, they don't know what the hell they're talking about sometimes um, because I've spent 17 years figuring out how to, you know, keep him alive. And he is the most stubborn man on the planet. And I'm probably the most stubborn woman on the planet. And, <laughs> 
willpower is goes a very long way towards keeping yourself or someone mm. else alive um and prayer too but you know a lot of it was a, a a good diet. You know, he is very physically fit. He, he works, he works out. He works outside with his hands in the sun. He gets a lot of vitamins. I grow a lot of our food. Um, even before we moved to this homestead, I was, you know, I was still growing some food, um, or at least trying to eat healthy. You know, we always made it a, a, a force of habit. We sit down and eat a good home cooked meal every night with our kids. And, you know, those are, those are the things that you have to do. Diet and exercise is so important. So, but anyway, Absolutely. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, I would just tell you, go back to your EMT days. Have you ever had to use transexamic acid on a hemorrhaging person? Yes. Yeah, so basically that's what spike protein does to the body to a certain degree, right? Help, helps you achieve hemostasis quickly because there's actually a hole, right? And then, Clot. you know, this is what I try to explain. Right. To clot it up. This is what I try to explain to the doctors are to use TPA. If you give too much transexamic acid, what are you doing? You're giving them TPA. Essentially, what he just asked me is, have you ever used quick clot before on a wound? That That is absolutely what quick clot pretty much is. And that's why it works. Um, they, the reason they got rid of it because of how hot it gets underneath a bandage, you actually burn the skin and you actually destroy tissue, which is really bad because you end up having to go cut that tissue out. Because if you leave it there, it becomes septic. Next thing you know, you're dead. Um, there's a whole lot of other issues with it, but that's what that is. That's what he was talking about, just so you're aware. Um, my question, my second question, because you brought it up, in your time that you were, first of all, you were in Brooklyn. When were you in Brooklyn? That was uh, January and February of 21. Okay. Uh, did you ever meet a Dr. Pataki? Maybe. I met a lot of people yeah. in that year. That is one of my best friends. Uh, he works downtown in New York City in Manhattan. He is a doctor. He's an emergency room physician. And uh, when the COVID yeah, crap was going on, and they were saying, yeah, he he went to Brooklyn a bit. Hey, there's there's bodies and they're filling up morgue trucks. I called it. I was like, hey, dude, what is going on? I heard they're bringing morgue trucks to your back door. And he said, dude, what are you talking about? He said, I have played more Tetris sitting here in this office because they won't let anybody inside the hospital. Well, that was, that was in, that was in COVID. That was in like March, April, May, June. That was during COVID, not really during, during Vax rollout. Yeah, that's true. That was 20. That wasn't 21. Yep. But I I was just wondering, did you meet anybody that told you the same thing about 2020? Well, I was there in 2020. <laughs> so um, I, I, I lived it. We were zipping up body bags left and right. Um, so we can make room for new admission. Um, you know, people were calling slow codes. They knew they were going to die. It was basically right off. Um, there were way too many people that could have been saved. Needless, needless deaths. They tried proning. They tried doing all these other things. Um, instead of doing uh, the nitty gritty, which I, I've been, I was complaining and part of the reason I had to move to so many hospitals, people got sick of me. You know, um, you talked about education. You might think I was trying to compete with a thermometer with five degrees. Um, but you know, I earned that shit. Um, I earned it hard. I earned, I earned my staff sergeant stripes. I've earned everything I've ever done. I've worked hard for everything and I would never do anything to hurt anybody or just, just blindly come up with something arbitrarily and, and throw it at somebody. I put thought into things, right? You critically think, 
things through and if they make sense you read in my book i mean i didn't just like pull this stuff out of thin air i mean this is stuff that's common knowledge i just clumped it together so it's easily digestible right but then i'm looked at as an idiot you know one i was travel as a traveling nurse back at the bedside didn't, didn't care about my education is didn't care about my experiences i was making three four times as much as the staff nurses so i was garbage i was getting in their way okay so the egos got in the way the, the protocols, how they wanted to treat people, they thought they had it right. They didn't want to look at anything ever. And after a while, they got so numb and used to just zipping up another one that that was the thing. There was no try to save their life. Okay. You know, there was, oh, no HCQ, no ivermectin, no nothing, no TPA either. Oh, they're not clotted up. We're not doing CTs on everybody. It takes too much time. You know, if you have, you know, you know how many people. I got smart around April of, of 2020 and I started feeling behind the kneecaps of people. And I start, Hey doc, you know, I, I feel some hotness on this guy's calf. I think he's got a DVT. He's been, you know, sedated and paralyzed for three days. Oh, well let's get an ultrasound. And as soon as they started TPA, you know, sometimes, you know, it runs a little longer than the order says, but you know, I can't <laughs> confirm or deny that, but you know, it's amazing that as of the next day, they get some of that in their blood. It's not targeted. So it goes around the next day. Their shots started coming up and those people walked out of the hospital not in the body mm. bag. So I'm really pissed off still for the obstinance and the cynicism. Skepticism's great, but not having a discussion, putting up the hand and telling you, no, screw you, you're stupid. Just doesn't work. It kills people. We, we both know this from serving in the military. We've all had the, the, the butter bars come through every six months. We'd have to train up, right? Okay. They, they're freaking dangerous. Yeah. They'll get they think you they know everything. They won't exactly. listen to anybody else. Listen to your NCOs. We know what the hell's going on. We're not going to hurt anybody, and we're not going to let you hurt anybody. So please pay attention to your nurses. And people were shunned, thrown out, walked out. It's horseshit, and they got away with it so far. So what are you doing? doing it. Everybody's getting away with it. Who are you seeing now? Are you seeing patients right now? Yeah. Are you are you still a doctor? Like still practicing a little bit. I consult with lots of people, um, mostly providers, um, physicians, uh, nurse practitioners, uh, physicians assistants and stuff. Um, I have people call me a lot and I, I put them in touch with whoever. Um, I got recruited by Frontline Doctors last year. I'm also a member of FLCC Providers. Um, about six months ago, we started a group called react19.org that just helps with vaccine injuries. Um, but primarily, I, I, I've trained hundreds of providers across the United States. Um, and they use all the protocols in my book as their daily text reference for treating COVID still. Um, I started using acyclovir as the antiviral due to my thoughts on the herpes involvement and it, you know, COVID needing that to get into your, your blood better. You know, it's like a transport mechanism and also affects your taste and smell. Um, last summer and then last December, a study came out saying, oh, yeah, it's an interleukin-12 pathway blocker, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, thank you, God. Um, it proved me right. Because everybody thought I was crazy, my friends at Frontline. But I've trained um, hundreds of providers to, to do this stuff. So I'm affecting thousands of patients every day still. I get a call a couple times a week from people and help them through it, yeah. What about so, um, what about back like injuries, and, which I want to talk about how I segue into that with people that were on the other side of the fence. I have a method that works. Okay. What, what about – what about the snake venom theory? I, I'm sure you've heard of that. Um, what are, well, yeah, what are your thoughts? I saw lots of water and everything. And, well, it, it's really simple. Like we said, 
S1 spike protein causes inflammation and clotting by inducing a cytokine storm by tricking ACE2 to thinking you got your hand cut off without dropping your blood pressure. Okay. Um, they did research on snake venom, I'm sure. They did not put snake venom in it. You don't need to put anything in anything. We don't need to grow cobras and stuff to make this stuff. Anybody can synthesize DNA in a lab or trigger something to make DNA. So absolutely, uh, to induce that type of thing, sure, they, they had to come up with that in their gain-of-function research. You want to immobilize somebody to clot them up. Sure. You know, it's biological warfare. Why wouldn't they? I mean, we all learned NBC in, 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 in our service, right? It's a typical mm -hmm. stuff, whether nerve agent, biological, chemical, whatever it is. That's what they do. So, you know, it's not, quote, snake venom, but um, I've looked at all the stuff Dr. Dave Martin's looked at with all the different patents and all the, the backtracking and stuff, following the money. Yeah, they did research on this stuff. So why why wouldn't they? You know, that's the same I, the same reason, you know, I did the, the back research, why I know that somebody has COVID when they have a mild to moderate headache along with an occasional dry cough, that <clears throat> kind of throat-clearing cough. We call it an AC cough before COVID because ACE inhibitors cause that cough and that's the most common side effect, and people actually put it on their chart as an allergy, and spike 1 protein happens to hit that same spot and cause the same effect. So you know it's COVID before a test because those don't even are accurate until like four days in anyway. People like wait and wait and wait like they're driving around with a nail in their tire waiting for it to go flat. Like you're sick. Why are you waiting for a test to show positive? What's the matter with you? But people got programmed into doing some really dumb or programmed to not do stuff. Yeah. What about what about the the seven doctors that I know worldwide that still cannot find COVID? What about them? What what is your thought on them? Do you believe that they're just not looking hard enough, or do you believe that it's there? It's there. You can see it. Look, look. Coronavirus has been around over ten thousand years, causing the common cold. We know it. Okay. Um, we they can't detect all these different strains and number them without some type of measurement. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I think a lot of people want to hide stuff or not talk about stuff. Um, I, I don't know what the real answer is, but you, it's not ethereal, you know. Who knows if it's, you know, not even the flu. You know, we, we had the flu, you know, 30 million cases a year for years, and then nothing in 2020, really. It was all yeah. COVID. But then, of course, the PCR test couldn't distinguish between COVID and the flu. Yep. So yep. the distinguishing factor was, Inflammation and clotting, but starts with a mild to moderate headache, which sometimes moves around, sometimes causes pain from that. That's all for microemboli and starting inflammation because your veins get bigger in your head, causes a headache, and the cough because spike protein hit that receptor in your lungs. Boom. That, you know, the, the fever comes in two to three days. I mean, all that other stuff comes with it, but the earliest signs of COVID is that I've been right 100% of the time, thousands of times. People call me, oh, I'm feeling fine. I'll call you in a couple of days. Go, oh, yeah, now I got a fever. Oh, yeah. I, like, well, I told you. I told you. So look at my pronouns on my, my login up here. I'll just say. So uh, ask the doc how long the heart will last if given foxglove to maintain heart rates. My uh, dad was uh, has, just has, myoc my has myocarditis. He's 70 with a resting heart rate of 100 beats per minute, 140 beats per minute. The foxglove is a poison, but regulates his heart rate between 60 and 80 beats per minute. <clears throat> you know what? That That is a... You can't make that determination um, yeah, when it comes to, to myocarditis and stuff. They've been they've been using digoxin and and different things, which is you know derivatives of of these things for centuries. Um, 
it, it, there's too many factors to talk about with him. You know, it's really a cardiology thing. What is ejection fraction? And there, there's so many other factors. The, the whole point is, is to maintain a normal heart rate between 80 and 100 for sure, yeah. right? Make sure he's hydrated. Make sure, you know, he's avoiding things that are going to cause inflammation, right? And make it worse. You know, alcohol, uh, drugs, definitely spike protein and other things like that. And do antioxidants, you know, your glutathiones and, and stuff like that. And, you know, take an aspirin, avoid things. You know, I'm going to say something they're the one to shoot me for. Avoid statins, right? Because, you know, they're not really that good for you. Really but definitely avoid the carbohydrates. You know, the higher fat, more energy diet and, and moderate protein, um, because carbohydrate breakdown causes inflammation. But to keep, um, there's no way to predict how long a person's heart's going to last like that. Um, but we do do lots of things to slow the heart down. We There's a number of drugs we give, like dobutamine, different things to make contractions more efficient. Um, you know, like digoxin will slow the heart rate down and allow it to make a better contraction so it doesn't stretch the heart out more. But once the heart's damaged, um, it's a matter of time. You know, it's, it's, it's heart failure. Um, it's just, it's just, when is it going to stop? So all you can do is manage, manage symptoms and not let it get worse, really. So um, <clears throat> I, I wish I could say, I drive my car with leaky head gasket, try to figure out when the radiator is going to blow. It's just, you just got to take care of the problem as best you can. Um, but before we get into uh, how, no, not that one, the, the one with, uh, um, quite frankly, at the top, it's actually, Dr. McCullough, but um, before we get into how to break through to those vax injured that won't admit it, um, I, I do want to play this this quick clip. Um, actually, Sparky, that just asked that question, shared it with me yesterday, and I'd seen the whole interview with Dr. McCullough, but this this clip in particular, I think, is, is very, very important. Um, so thank you, Sparky, for sharing it with me because it makes it so much easier that I don't have to go and search it for, for it myself. Um, but let's play this real quick. What are the risks to the unvaccinated? You know, there was a recent paper, I just have it on my Substack. If, if, if you want to review it, you go to the Courageous Discourse Substack, and the first author is Helene Banoon, a former INSERM scientist. INSERM is a leading research unit in France. And Banoon has summarized this. This is disturbing. It looks like the messenger RNA is transferring from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated now. And uh, in a paper by Fertig and colleagues, the messenger RNA is found circulating in blood for at least two weeks. And the curves were not going down. That's as long as they look. Rokin and colleagues has found messenger RNA and the vaccinated in lymph nodes for months. It looks like the body's not clearing it out. And uh, and then a recent paper, this is most disturbing, from Hannah and colleagues, JAMA, showed that the messenger RNA is in the breast milk of yes. women ill-advised who took the vaccine uh, during pregnancy or afterwards. So it's now clear. I think the messenger RNA, that's the greatest concern, is was, could you actually take a vaccine inadvertently by close contact, kissing, sexual contact, breastfeeding. And it looks like the answer is yes. Now the question on the table is, how long do you wait uh, for contact? No one knows. This, the, the vaccines, the messenger RNA vaccines for short, they've never been demonstrated to actually leave the body. They look like they're permanent, uh, as well as the spike protein that's produced after them. This is very disturbing, so it's hard to guide. I was saying, you know, 30 days refrain from kissing sexual contact with a vaccinated person, but I'm now extending that to at least 90 days and 
uh, and conservatively maybe extend it from a, a point forward. I know there's married couples and all kinds of, uh, of, of personal implications there, but, but no, this messenger RNA looks like it's for keep. Every shot is accumulated in the body with no ability for the body to get rid of it. So uh, that that's that's pretty big because we've been told that shedding is not such a big thing. Well, and at the beginning, if you look at the Pfizer documents, they they literally say that anyone who's had the vaccine should stay away from pregnant women, um, immunocompromised people because of the risk of shedding every vaccine. Thank you, doctor. I know that's that's why I wanted to bring this clip up because I know you read about it. Yeah. <laughs> Every vaccine has always shed. It's a well-known thing. It was only this COVID vaccine yeah. that like they turned they they just turned all their narratives upside down and said everything that we've said for the last hundred years is false. And now this is true. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's perfect. One size fits all. Everybody should get it. You know, yeah. Um well, and we know the reason why it has nothing to do with, with public health. You know, you, as you read, you read the book, you know, Klaus Schwab said, you know, July of 2020, this is the opportunity to implement what they wanted to do. And it was probably their last chance and they took it and they seized it and they've done quite well with it. Uh, they just didn't uh, expect us to be fighting so much. And, but thank goodness we're, we're making some headway. Um, I, I agree with Peter. I love working with him. We've got to work on some stuff, and we still get to communicate once in a while, and 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 keep fighting the fight. A lot of underground stuff still going on. Um, so he's right. Um, the the thing I can do, just like with any vaccine, I give. I don't remember. Remember the flu mist? You know the live virus nasal spray. Yep. You know they did tell people straight up, you get that. Stay away from the elderly, kids, or pregnant women for seventy two hours. Straight up. Yeah, right? because there's a potential for, for it to shed, right? Because it's a live virus, even though it's weakened. So no surprise. And again, um, here's the thing I, I talked about in the book. I don't know if you, if you caught that part, but so these these vaccines are made of mRNA in the Moderna Pfizer or the DNA in Johnson & Johnson, which is delivered by adenovirus, by the mm -hmm. way, as it's delivery mechanism. Right? So you're giving yourself a vaccine vaccine uh, along with this DNA. So these things are, are very fragile, so they need to be put in cold storage. So, you know, not just the plexiglass manufacturers made a bunch of money during COVID. So did these, you know, cold transport companies and stuff. My problem is, is you take this vial and you take it out of the freezer and it's a fragile protein and you thaw it out and you inject a couple of people, put it back in the fridge, take it out of the fridge, put it back in the fridge, take it out of the fridge, light sensitive, heat sensitive, who knows how many doses you got out of a vial unless you use the whole vial up within one day. You know, that's one aspect we're not sure what this uh, protein this mRNA protein looks like at that point versus what it was originally designed not that the original design was correct uh, that's one problem number two you've done intramuscular injections yes mm -hmm. okay best practice inject draw back on the plunger to see if you're in a blood vessel and then put it in correct mm -hmm. it's not mandatory hard fast rule but it is best practice everybody's correct. taught to do the on the plunger to make sure it's not in a vessel. Every single COVID vaccine I've seen given, it was just poke, push, poke, push. Nobody pulls the plunger, so they don't know if they hit a blood vessel. And it's designed to go into your muscle tissue and slowly absorb. Um, I'm sure a lot of problems have come with inadvertent um, IV injections of this stuff, for, for one yeah. part. And then the degradation on top of it, <laughs> too. Again, uh, this stuff is designed to replicate 
in your body to make your body make spike protein. That's its job. The, the end result or side effect of making your body do that is to produce some short-lived antibodies to that spike protein you just made. The reason they don't last around is because your body's at the same RNA that's still telling it to make spike protein. And your body's going, well, you know, I can't keep using this stuff because the body keeps making it, so we're just not going to do it. So now you need a booster every two months. Yep. Instead of every, going back to the drawing board, they could ever cure the common cold to begin with with the virus because of, of the problems with deaths in animal studies and all these things. And it's easily treatable. As you see in my book, you don't even need a vaccine. Even, even for the flu, I mean, it came out with Tamiflu years ago. Um, mm -hmm. But there's things you can do to absolutely treat it and deal with the symptoms and get better. Part of that starting with the healthy immune system, right? But it's just it's just nuts. <clears throat> what's, your, what's your, if you were to, let's just say, I was sitting in front of you and I was suffering from fucking vaccine injury. What would you tell me? What would you wait, be the wait, first? Yeah, well, uh, well, well, should we use my dad or my cousin as, as no, an example? No, no, no. Just use me as an example. What would you tell me to do to get better? What would you be the first thing you would say? What, what would be the first adjustment, whether it be a lifestyle change or anything else that I'm doing? What would be, what is normally your go-to first thing? Well, the first, the first thing is the first thing, and that is doing a good history and physical, okay? What are your symptoms? What is affecting your body? Are you having fatigue from inflammation? Are you having brain fog from spike protein attacking your neurons? Are you having muscle weakness and tightness? Or are you having tingling pins, needles? Are you having skin outbreaks with rashes or different things? Are you having chest pain? Are you having breathing difficulties? So really, what are your symptoms first? Right. So okay. that so would let's just that say leads you had, down the road my, to your differential. And you could have all of them. You could have all of them. But to answer Her the dad. question on the, on the gamut, the basic, basic of it. So definitely protect yourself with your high dose vitamin D, C, zinc. Everybody needs these. We know they're they're essential for tissue repair in the body. Every every wound patient, anywhere you go, call a wound center all day long. They're giving C and zinc to their patients left and right. Vitamin D levels we know are tanked. Of course they're tanked. They've been pushing sunscreen, tinted windows, and fluorescent lights for the last few decades. We don't get enough sun even if you go to the beach. Okay, people have low vitamin. Every, every person I've ever seen in clinic for years has come in with a low vitamin D level that's got to be boosted up. So we know that's essential. I talk about extensively for, for any part of your immune system. Antioxidants, a couple of really good ones. So NAC, N-acetylcysteine, you know, it's a mucolytic as well, like when you nebulize it to help get stuff out of secretions. We use it in ARDS in, in the hospital all the time. Um, it's also the antidote for Tylenol overdose. It helps protect your liver from too much Tylenol, um, as, as well as it's it is the precursor to glutathione. So if you take NAC, it will convert to glutathione in your body. Uh, just and like it's also... It's found very strong in olives. So if you eat a lot of olives, or drink a lot of martini, you are probably one of the people who have a upset by the alcohol. <laughs> Oxidant versus antioxidant. I eat olives like they're going out of style. I love olives ever since cool. I was to the Middle East. The first time you're in the Middle East, the first time, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever go to the Middle East, first thing you want to try is the olives. The olives are amazing that come out of the Middle East. And then, and then down that road, so glutathione is like one of the most powerful antioxidants you can get. They got liposomal, lots of IV drip companies do uh, glutathione IV. You know, I know many here as well, and I promote that. 
as much as possible. So, so antioxidants are important. Another great antioxidant, here's another one of God's little tricks. In our pineal gland, we make this stuff called melatonin. It's a powerful antioxidant. And it's designed to work while you're sleeping, um, you know, help your, your liver replenish and all that stuff. That hour asleep for every two hours you're awake. And then God threw a little trick in there to induce sleep with it as well. He likes to make dual purpose things. You know, they only got so many elements on that periodic table. He has to play this test <laughs> Tetris game with it. But melatonin is a beautiful thing. So those at the minimum. And then depending on what's going on with the body, like, like if you look at the book on the brain fog, you know, the minocycline, the luteolin, as well as the lion's mane mushroom, of course, glutamine, need plenty of that, creatine to help build the ATP for energy in your cells, NAD, uh, sublingual nasal spray or IV, if you have the, the funds to do that, um, to increase that because we lose NAD as, as we age. Important thing about NAD is it's cellular regeneration, all these things, because we make less as we get older. NAD is a critical uh, critical molecule. Um, there's this thing called cellular respiration where all of us humans, mammals, we take oxygen from the air and we want the electrons. At the end of the day, all we want, whatever we eat, okay, we're bags of chemicals that run on electricity with souls, okay? Whatever we eat, the whole point is to take those electrons and transport it down the change of metabolism from proteins, fats, or carbohydrates to carry it to adenosine triphosphate or ATP, the spark plug of the cell to give us the energy spark. NAD is the spark plug wire. Okay, so if you don't have enough NAD in your mitochondria, you're not gonna carry those electrons to the ATP to make it fire. Okay, you're gonna be retarded on your timing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Uh, what about C60? I've been hearing a lot about C60. Carbon is awesome. Yeah, there, there's so many things I've, I've I've got in there. There's a whole variety of things. The thing is, you know, the clean up, healthy lifestyle, don't freak out, lower your stress. You know, if you can lose weight, lose weight. You know, you don't need to change your whole your whole life, but be protective. There's there's other things people can do uh, to protect against spike protein, you know, like the luteolin. There's other things like ivermectin. has got 22 actions against COVID and spike protein, um, as well as hydroxychloroquine. Um, so there's, there's stuff out there. Fembendazole, um, you know, more, more often, you know, if there's um, an issue with cancer, I would say Fembendazole, you know, just because it does have some liver effects. And you definitely, whether you're taking ivermectin or Fembendazole in a cancer-related issue, because it does kill uh, those cells, you need the antioxidant to help counterbalance that so you don't get sick. Gotcha. That's what the about biggest thing about there. If you kill cells, your body's going to get rid of the waste, and that will actually make you sick if you can't detox that waste. Mm -hmm. What, what about zeolite? Z-E-O-L-I-T-E. What is that? I don't yeah. even know what that is. I'm asking a question because I don't even know. Somebody else brought it up. I'm just like, I don't know. I'll ask the question. He's a doctor. He'll tell me. He'll tell me I'm an idiot or he'll say, yeah, no, that's good shit. You should take it. Well, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff people have coming um coming up with things i'm not following every little thing people have tried to yep. come up with i try to keep things on the low cost efficient basis um i'm definitely one of these guys that you know if if a sulfur antibiotic or old school thing works use it <laughs> so i've not looked at zeolite itself i know the, the premise of it you know the nanoparticles and, and try to block it and stuff i don't think you need to go there 
with all this stuff. Uh, just like what okay. Peter said, I don't, you know, I don't think you're going to hide from somebody for 30, 60, 90 days either. Um, you know, keep your immune system up. And I mean, you know, two and a half years in, I, I still test negative for uh, spike protein antibodies. I've never had COVID. I've never had a jab. Um, I do have a couple things in my benefit though. And there's not everybody, there are some people naturally immune to it, you know, and there, yep. of course there's people who should get a COVID vaccine, but not this one, even if they want it, right. People with clotting disorders and a lot of people that they're forcing this on should not get it. I had this one Colonel, I think I talked about in the book, who uh, called up, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Lindsay, and she's a toxicologist virologist, got nuked off LinkedIn for uh, talking negatively about the COVID vaccines and this, this colonel called her up, and uh, she talked to him and gave him my number. I talked to him for half an hour. He has a hematologist, and he had a factor five clotting disorder. And I'm like, no, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, my cardiologist and my hematologist are telling me I need to get it, and the RM wants me to get it. They can kick me out. I'm you know, going to retire soon. I said, you should not get this. You're going up in the hospital. So I gave him kind of a clue on, you know, how to kind of blunt the vaccine response when he got it, which is in the book. Um, so it doesn't get affected as much. He didn't do that, but you know, two weeks later, found he went in. Within an hour, he had a pulmonary embolism. Like, wow! Told so, you not to get it, dude. Okay, I, 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 I have two. I have actually three following questions from that. So my first question, sir, were you given anthrax? And the follow up to that question: If you were given anthrax, which series of anthrax did you get? You don't know. Army special. Did you get Army the, cocktail? Did they give you the gray shit that they stuck back like your arm? Air gun. Air gun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So now I have a friend of mine. He's a doctor. And he was the part fact, of his neurosurgeon team. The fact that you just said what you said <laughs> is very interesting to me because I too, like you, I have never had COVID. I have been jabbed. He's doing a study right now under the table in Bethesda. He's doing a study on the guys that have been vaccinated with anthrax and the COVID jab because what he thinks is the anthrax is being activated to kill the COVID jab. Like the spike protein showing up in the bloodstream is actually getting destroyed by the anthrax vaccine. The only good thing the government ever did to me. <laughs> and I would have to like put a big plus on that because it's probably the only time I will say I've been happy about getting anthrax is if it, if it the fact that it actually saved my life from the COVID vaccine and destroyed the COVID vaccine. I was like, take all the blood you need. And he was a doctor yeah. because my, my arm was a black and blue pin cushion for about a week following that. <laughs> he has not drawn a lot of blood. Let's just put it that way. He's I was a like, yeah, he needs a practice. Huh? Well, I'm, I'm just going to say this too. So, you know, I told you, you grew up in a little town and country, a little plane in my garden and you know, playing rabbits and hunting and doing all the stuff. I played in the dirt. I got my anthrax dose way before I got in the military and needed a vaccine. I was self-vaccinated a long time ago as a kid. Yep. Um, scrapes and cuts and bruises and stuff. So, you know, and, and that's that's kind of the problem I have with people. You know, let your kids play in the dirt. Uh, do all this stuff. Don't be way, way, way too clean. This is part of the problem. People started getting sick again when they lifted mass mandates on airplanes because they weren't sharing community germs anymore. And, and people forget this basic principle. We have 37 trillion cells in our body. There are over 100 trillion cells, microbes, in and outside our bodies. And they're usually in the right spot with a symbiotic relationship, whether it's E. coli, which people freak out. If it's in your gut, it makes vitamin K. You need it. 
You know, you've got staph and strep all over your body, viruses, microbes, yeast, little mites, all kinds of stuff all over your body. If you're too clean, stuff goes out of whack. Like if you neti pot your face six times in one day, you're going to probably get a rebound stuffiness along with probably a strep infection because that's tougher stuff. And the normal bacteria you just killed, just let it grow up. So people do stupid stuff with good intentions. Yeah, that's and that's why, you know. They were talking about for the longest time that they've been giving people, giving children too many antibiotics because it's killing off all of the good things in your body that kills off the the, basty, the, the nasty little buggers. And now they're an, out of antibiotics and they're like freaking out because they don't know to send kids outside to play in the dirt. Yeah, to play in the dirt and, and when it comes to antibiotics with kids, you know, as long as I don't have a penicillin allergy, augmentin works great. It's moxicillin, clavulinic acid. It always kills staph and strep. It's the, the, those little buggers do not build resistance to it. It works yeah. every time. They just got to come up with the latest, greatest antibiotics so they can charge you 10 times as much. It's like a cyclovir when I talk to my uh, patients with COVID, you know, like, what? So, yeah, these are for shingles, chicken pox, herpes, cold sore stuff, you know, and uh, and COVID, right? And it's probably like, you know, six, ten bucks for a five day treatment. It's cheap. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's cheap. It's a medrol pack, if your inflammation's gone too long, it's probably 12 bucks for six day regimen. You know, three, 500 milligrams of zithromycin is probably 20 bucks with a Gorax coupon, right? And some singular to reduce the inflammation and mucus and dry up your lungs, you know, for a week or two week dose is probably another 10 bucks. So less than 50 or 75 bucks, not counting all the supplements and stuff you need if you haven't got those in your cupboard already. It's cheap. Of course, they don't want you doing that. Of course, they don't want you getting better anyway. You know, the FDA actually pushed Amazon to pull NAC off, off yes. there for, for many, many yes. months. Yes. People were stocking up on it and selling on freaking Etsy. Yeah. I mean, what's that tell you? And you know why they did it? Because it works. You know what their was? Because it can cause thinning of the blood. Yeah, it works. It's exactly what you want with COVID. Well, because, you know, we know, we know, we talk about this all the time. This can't just be incompetence. This is evil. No, they, no, they, you know, you talked about, they, you know, that you did this research. They did the same research. They knew what this, that what this would cause. They knew what would happen. This is deliberate. They're trying to kill us. Michael Loftus said it last year. Well, I was cracking up when he said it. Cause he said, no, this is, these are all purposes. I'm like, you're damn right. Yeah. And, and I, I think, and I think a lot of Americans, and this is the scary part because a lot of Americans are missing that big key. What's been done to them isn't accidental. It wasn't some guys in a fucking lab throwing some shit in a test tube and it all of a sudden poof, that's what happened. No, this was like done. Like they knew exactly the outcome that was going to come from this. If they injected it into your body, they knew that a long time before they even started putting it in your body. Yeah, And the scary part is now you see a lot of people that are running around, get the facts, get the facts. And everybody was saying, well, maybe that's not such a good idea. And then all of a sudden, the second that it comes out that it's bad, that it might be bad. Oh, can, can we get a redo? I, I apologize. I didn't mean to tell you that you should die because you didn't get the vaccine, but, and you shouldn't receive healthcare either because you didn't get the vaccine. But I said that, and uh, I just want you to look past that. Yeah, amnesty. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, coining the term vaxism, you probably are tired of hearing. Mm -hmm. um, it's like the worst form of segregation um, on the planet, right? You know, you can't get a cup of coffee without your giving your person your your vax card with your birthday on it, right? To some yeah. strange kid, you know, it's bad enough they can skim your credit cards. Now we're just going to give your freaking let's increase identity theft. Why don't we? 
But the but the bottom line is people don't they have bad rememberers. They got good forgetters. It's typically I don't know if it's your PPD protein in your brain or whatever that came from somewhere ancient. But we tend to remember the good things. But 2003 SARS one hit. Okay, this isn't new. SARS is not new. What 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 is new is that they named COVID SARS two, <laughs> which is interesting because severe acute respiratory syndrome type two. Is you know that's a type of disease, not an organism. For one, you know, COVID nineteen causes SARS type two, uh, so it's very curious. But I talked about that in the book. They use these things as fear words, right? So, oh, there's a category for a hurricane coming. Oh, okay, Hurricane Andrew. Oh shit, it's Andrew, right? Oh, you got a category five hurricane coming. Okay, we're gonna you know go out to the bar and oh, you know. Then they go, Hurricane Lulu. Oh, Lulu. Oh, my God. If you put a name to it, it becomes personal and it freaks people the hell out. If you put a name to it, then you get 10% more on your insurance. Or MRSA, it's a staph, okay, Staphylococcus aureus organism. It just happens to be resistant to methicillin. So use other antibiotics, ciprofloxacin, penicillin. Use other antibiotics, not methicillin, because it's resistant. All that means is what that means. MRSA. Oh, they got a MRSA infection. Oh, my God. MRSA's everywhere. Dude, then don't use methicillin. But it's the fear word. They get you in there. So they named it. Omicron variant. You know, Wuhan strain. Blah, blah, blah. B12. You know, they started throwing some numbers out again. But just to freak people out. Everything's been numbered for forever. Nobody's giving a shit. Flu's been around every year. We look at three to four strains that come across across the South Pacific, figure out what's going to hit the shores in America, and then try to make vaccines, you know, either trivalent or hex quadrivalent to, to cover those strains. Of course, this year they were totally off. They're just hoping to get some coverage, a little dartboard action there. But that's what they do every year. We're used to these things changing evolving constantly. They've never been tracked so much in history. And given names and where they originated and who's seen first, like Omicron, when it first popped up in, in Africa, they shut the thing down, no. and then it physically appeared in the United States no, overnight. No, no, no. no, 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 no. It, it did no. not, it it not it didn't first, first appear, appear in Africa. In Africa. It, it, it first yeah. appeared on the planet Percy I-8. <laughs> yeah. So let's, yeah, let's, let's make point. sure we're right. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. we're talking about this. Let's see if it's Let, not working. Well, People of Earth, I am the of the planet Omicron Percy I-8. <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> So yeah. well, technically, Omicron is a region in Antarctica, you know, down there by a couple of other islands. They they named this shit. I love the Simpsons. <laughs> Futurama. Sorry, Futurama. Same guy. Same guy. That's, guy. that's, family. that's Matt Grogan. That's yeah, family, family guy. Matt Groening. Yeah, Matt Groening. Yeah. yeah. Matt Groening, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so how do we... I feel like I made some progress with my cousin over the last few days. She backed off a little bit. She's like, I think I can only do one of those two things. Okay. One one at a time, one thing at a time. But how do we break through? Because I mean, I've, I've known my cousin. I practically raised her. Um, you know, I've, I've saved her life more times than I can count at this point. Um, I've cleaned her up from cocaine addiction, from a demonic attachment, from alcohol addiction. I mean, this, you know, I, she's... Um, She's a very delicate soul. Um, she's mentally delicate, physically delicate. She's a tiny little thing, but she's just, she was so, that's not it. It can't be the COVID jab. They wouldn't do it to us To Now it's, oh, well, that, that actually makes sense. And at this point, I think I'm going to die. So I'm willing to listen to anything. How do we break through to people before they get to the point where they think they're going to die? 
So, so here's the thing is I don't go right to talking about the jab. I talk about what their symptoms are. Like I talked about your history and physical. Okay. And then I talk about things that can cause. Um, so she said she's had this for a long time in her case. Well, it got worse. When did it start getting worse? What things happened in your life that made it worse? Did you start drinking again, using cocaine again? Did you stop exercising? Did you get exposure to any toxins or carcinogens? Oh, I got a COVID jab. Oh, okay. Well, COVID vaccines don't actually cause the, these diseases of an autoimmune disease, but it sure can make them worse. If you already have an autoimmune disease, definitely it will make it worse. It also reduces what are called your natural killer cells in your body, your NK cells. These are your quality control guys. So we're always making new cells and replicating DNA to make those new cells. So if there's an environmental toxin, radiation, or something like that, to screw that up and we make a bad copy of a cell, these little buggers are supposed to come by and kick them out, right? We don't want to be making copies of bad copies. If those guys are depleted because your autoimmune system got whacked out by a COVID vaccine, it does not cause cancer, but it does prevent your body to naturally be able to fight it off. You follow me? So as you're going along, you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a bad cell, which is the definition of cancer, these little parasites. Um, your body doesn't have the natural ability to get rid of them. The same with autoimmune disease. If you're already compromised from an autoimmune disease, whether it's lupus or eczema or asthma or something like that, or diabetes, okay, um, increasing the stress, the autoimmune stress on your body will make it worse. Um, in case of your relative just recently died from cancer, um, brain, lung, kidney in 10 months' time, was perfectly healthy, 86 years old, uh, four jabs, you know, not saying that's the cause, Saying it probably didn't help because uh, nothing would treat it either. And he went quick, fortunately. But I uh, had this little thing called Grover's disease, rare skin condition that caused some itching that would flare up once every couple years. He'd put some cream on and stuff after the first jab, started getting more flare ups. Second one, even more of them couldn't even get in his hot tub. Third floor had to start shampooing with a special cream from the dermatologist. And by the fourth one, he wouldn't even get in the hot tub anymore. He just, you know, want a bite block to, to get through it. So, it definitely aggravates any underlying conditions that are there. Um, and people with a propensity to get cancer um, may more likely uh, develop that because your body's natural defenses are um, removed. You fired your security guards. So it's not usually a smart thing to do. <laughs> so when, when people come at that, I look at the symptoms and I try to target the, the timeline. Okay, oh, so you had this going on for a couple of years and wanted to get worse, and has anything changed? It's like when I'm looking at somebody with a rash. You know, did you change your detergent? Did you, you know, mm -hmm. did you change your fabric softener? Did you go to a hotel recently, et cetera, et cetera? So you try to correlation does actually equal causation. Right, right. And so, so narrowing it down and guiding them, letting them take you to there, and then their light bulb goes off. Now they may not. Admit it outright, but say, but the big thing is there's something we can do about it. And I focus on that. Yes. I focus on the remedy, not, you know, I don't want to guilt anybody. You know, you don't blame the victim, right? Because yeah. <laughs> they are victims. They just don't know it. I don't even have to tell them they are, but I need to treat them as such. I don't blame the victim and try to help them, but get them to there. But they got to buy in to, to the wanting treatment, right? So whatever it was, it was worse. And this is what we can do to fix it. We don't know what's specific toxin, whether it was too much radiation or you got a COVID jab or whatever it was, either way, your immune system is worse than it was and we, it needs help. So let's help. Now, uh, I know, uh, for instance, uh, somebody just asked a question about uh, autoimmune diseases existing before eight. Um, 
I know lupus has been around for years. Uh, I know lupus was around before AIDS. Yes, my what, aunt had it before AIDS. What other autoimmune diseases out there existed before AIDS? I mean, I know lupus is one of them. I think lupus what, became what worse because of AIDS. autoimmune diseases can't be tied to vaccines or, or you know, environmental toxins, things that they've poisoned us with? Yes. You know, diabetes one. You know, juvenile diabetes for one. It, it, your body attacks its systems to longer hand cells in the pancreas. Well, that's the biggest that's one. That's true. Yeah, I, that's, that, that, I never it's, even it's thought huge. about asthma, asthma for sure. I, I never even thought about diabetes being an autoimmune auto, autoimmune disease. But I is, never yeah. even thought about it that way. Holy shit! <laughs> that just added a whole new reference to something I never even thought of before. Yeah, multiple sclerosis. Um, yeah, there, there's just a whole list, all all different types. Now, but really, uh, it's just your body makes antibodies against self. And, and, you know, and it's usually some specific part of self, you know, like Guillain-Barre syndrome, you know, somebody may have a propensity for an autoimmune disease with Guillain-Barre syndrome and it gets triggered by the COVID vaccine and they get full blown Guillain-Barre syndrome or MS. And with GBS though, you know, it actually demyelinates or removes insulation from your nerve fiber. So you get muscle weakness and stuff and, you know, eventually you get motor loss. And if it goes up high enough, then your diaphragm doesn't work and you can stop breathing and all these things. So, there, the, the bottom line is by by messing with your your antibodies and your immune system um, in the way that they did, it's it's just it's scary. I mean, it's like going to one <laughs> cocktail bar and they hand you a punch. You're like, "What's in it?" We're like, "I don't know. Just drink it." <laughs> I, I like, know how. Go I, what you get. I, I know how. Like the medical community comes up with the way they teach doctors and medics and everything else. I would not be surprised in the future here as we find out more gonna change. and more and more and more about this vaccine. I wouldn't be surprised that you start some sort of emergency medicine like for EMTs and first responders for you know, arriving on scene to someone who is having these types of issues because I would have to think that a lot of this stuff the faster that you can pump some of these things into the bloodstream, the more likelihood in that golden hour, we extend that golden hour another 30, 45 minutes past the hour mark. So if as a paramedic, I'm standing there and I identify these problems with you and I can see that these are the symptoms and I immediately start pushing certain drugs under a cocktail that I'm almost positive because I've never heard another doctor talk about this before that you prescribe that I push as a paramedic that when I get you to the hospital, by that time we get you to the hospital, the ability for you to survive your hospital visit extends out by days. If not, you walk out of the hospital within days. And we need to change the entire way that medicine is, is taught and, and practiced because it's obviously it's obvious for the last in the last two years that we've been overthinking this. I shit. mean, so many doctors have just, well, I mean, they, they've become, they're like, they're like teachers. You know, we all, as parents, we screamed about common core and how teachers were just, I mean, little more than monkeys, just, you know, pushing papers. All kids are learning the same thing. All they're doing is, and they're not even grading papers or giving any kind of, you know, critical thinking exercises or anything like that. I feel like doctors are the same. And I can't tell you how many times when Mick was in the hospital, um, either, a nurse saved his life or I saved his life because the doctor went in and started to prescribe something that was 
that would have a really bad reaction with something that he was already on because they didn't bother to look at the chart. And the nurse was like, no, 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 doc, you can't give him that. And then, you know, the first time she said that, okay. And I, I remembered it. And then, you know, another doctor tried to do the same thing. And I was like, no, 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 he's on this. You can't give him that. And they looked at me like I was crazy, but then they're like, oh, you're right. But that's the thing with doctors is that they just, they're, they're no longer independent practitioners. They're just taking orders from administrators that don't have medical degrees. Right. And I'm going to, I got to do a shout out plug for all my fellow nurses. You know, I went through you know, Go for all it. this. I'm still a nurse. I'm a nurse practitioner. Even though I have my doctorate, my clinical doctorate. Um, nurses are awesome. That's why I went this route. It's holistic care. And people like to put us down and stuff. And, you know, I will go toe to toe with any physician who wants to argue with me because I got more education than probably. And even if I don't, I'll still go toe to toe with them because I've earned it. So don't argue. The biggest thing is the, the overthinking. I think there's a lot of underthinking and it's back to basics. Okay. Root cause analysis. What's causing the problem? Use your freaking head. Use some horse sense. Get in there, figure out, and then find a way to fix it instead of talking your way out of stuff. You know, oh, let's be patient. Well, patience is a virtue. Yeah. So let's hurry the fuck up. God bless. I, I, I love that. That is essential. And I, I, I got to tell you, um, bringing it back to stupid is the easiest way to do it. Let's stop being too smart. Let's just start fixing the problems that we see in front of us. Instead of trying to fix everything, fix the problem that you can see. And then we start addressing the other shit after the fact. Well, and, and speaking exactly. of things we can see, I know, I know we've got like 15 minutes left with you, doc. And we talked about this a bit, um, before uh, in our phone call before the show. Um, and something you said before about ivermectin and fenbendazole being used to treat cancer and, and how it kills those little parasites now and getting back to the basics because they know this in quote unquote, third world countries. I spoke to, um, an, uh, Egyptian parasitologist who's a friend of someone that I used to work with. And I, I called him up because I've been hearing that cancer is parasitic and that they're doing autopsies on people with MS and they're finding parasites in their brain and maybe even Alzheimer's is parasitic. We deworm our dogs, we deworm our horses, we do parasite treatments on all of our animals that we are in contact with every day. Why don't we do yeah, parasite, yeah. Tr- parasite treatments on ourselves? How, how come you bring a stool sample to the vet, but you don't bring a stool sample to your doctor? You used to have to. I remember when I you used you. to have to. Do you remember? I remember when I was a kid and maybe you all don't, I don't know. I remember being a kid and my mom told me to go shit in a box. (laughs) And I was like, are you serious? And my mom was like, yes, go poop in the box. And I was like, you're kidding me. And she's like, no, we have to bring it with us to the doctor. I was like, this might be gross, mom. She's like, do it. I said, okay. Well, you had a good doctor. Apparently I didn't actually that we had the same pediatrician. I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, but, well, but, uh, you know, I call myself a new age country doc, but that's kind of the thing. If, you know, one of the things they say when people start coming in with tummy trouble and stuff, you go through your differential, right? You know, what's the worst thing that can be or what's the most mild thing? And you go down the list and try to figure out, you know, what the problem is so you don't, you know, overdo something and overtreat. Sometimes nausea, just give somebody, a, you know, a Diet Coke and it'll help settle their stomach. You don't need Zofran or anything stronger, right? So you just try to do what makes sense. So somebody's been to a lake, got a little bit of lake water, they get a little amoeba or something in their gut. Yeah, a little ivermectin or something's going to fix them right up. That's why you tell people when they first start taking it. It's like, if you got any worms or parasites or anything, you're going to know. It's going to clear you out in a day or two. So if you see some weird stuff, don't trip out. You don't get sick. 
but you poop a lot. It regulates <laughs> you know, your yeah, It's doing its job. It's doing its job. But yeah, and that's the thing that irritates, you know, so back to the shout out for the nurses. Look, you know, out of a 12-hour shift, 11 hours and 55 minutes, we're in there with that patient. We're controlling their life function. I've run up to 15 drips, patients on ventilators by myself, titrating, you know, heart meds, paralytics, sedation, all this stuff, the insulin, everything, all their fluids and everything, controlling this person's bodily functions, okay? In order to do all that stuff and carry out the physician's order and then anticipate other things I want for my patient, <laughs> to tell the physician I want for my patient, even though it's our patient, um, we got to know what the hell he knows or we can't carry that out because that would be illegal because we have to use our critical time it's our license on the line if we screw up right so we can't just blatantly and blindly follow physicians orders even though they want us to so really the education nursing is intense and i went to nursing school five freaking times okay we're with a lot of amazing physicians I, I, I love lots of them and some of them just get too picketed and egoed right i know neurosurgeons a lot of people say are just god that are the most down-to-earth guys you want to meet so Problem is people get involved in this. So we need to catch these suckers on the way into med school, right? And it's like, you got to stay cool, man. These are people you're dealing with. You're going to make money as long as you're not violating rule number one. Rule number one is don't be a dick. Right? If you're only in it for the money, you're not going to get there because you're going to come in with people. You're going to keep them sick, and then they're going to blow out. You're going to, oh, where's my patient retention? I see all these ads all over Facebook and Instagram. Patient retention, patient re Well, you know, I don't want to retain anybody. I don't want to get away. And guess what? They send me more people. We'll <laughs> give me the ones that need help, and we'll fix them and get them off. If you know, go to a mechanic and have them fix your, your head gasket, you know, every other week, you're going to fire the dude. You're not. You're not. It, it, it's hysterical that you're Oh, the radiator hose blew the third time in, in two weeks. I keep replacing it. Well, did you check the freaking water pump, dummy? Oh, you didn't ask me to do that. Well, you're the mechanic. Shouldn't you advise me? I mean, anyway, so this that the, the basic thought process is lacking. And I, I was doing this this morning. I was watching Won't You Be My Neighbor for the first half this morning. You know, they need to throw away the CRT and this gender bullshit and start playing reruns of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. You know, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, it's the it, beaver. I don't it's, care that it's corny or square. It's yeah. great. It's hysterical that A, you brought up the nurse thing, but B, that you brought up something else. But the first, first to start with your nurse thing, uh, one of our best friends, deplorable Janet, and I'm going to recommend that you go on her show next. She is a nurse. She was a nurse practitioner for over 30 years. She has the same experiences, except she's not a doctor. She was also a, te a teaching nurse. But I can tell you right now, holy crap, you got to go on deplorable Janet's show. You <laughs> deplorable two, nation. You, guys you guys would have a wonderful show. Um, <laughs> I don't know first, that anyone else would be able to keep up, but it would be a fantastic show. <laughs> it really would be. Second, um, the other thing you brought up, and it's really funny because I asked that same question about a lot of people. Like I do now, I work primarily, I just do garage doors. I, I fix people's garage door. And I show up to people and I ask them, why did you call that other guy? And they say, well, he gave me a cheaper price. And I said, you know what? He gave you a cheaper price for a reason. I said, because he's going to be back in two weeks <laughs> and he's going to fix the same problem again. You have a choice. I can come and do it right now, right, and get it fixed so I never see you again. Or you can go ahead and call that other guy and he's going to be back out here in two more weeks and he's going to have the same problem again. Your call.
but and, just throwing that and out. And I have to say, when you're talking about neurosurgeons being gods and their, you know, their ego getting in the way, when, when I was interviewing neurosurgeons for Meg, because we fired the first two, um, and we were recommended to, to Dr. Armando up at, uh, Bethesda, Walter Reed. And, and he was, and he was fantastic, but I went into his office the first time I saw a picture of his family behind his desk and he had six girls. Now he's since had a, a, finally they had a boy number seven, but I looked at his picture and I said, are those all your kids? And he said, yeah. I said, you have six girls. And he said, yeah. And I said, fantastic. You're our doctor. And he said, why? And I said, because your ego was destroyed after girl number three. So I have three. three. So you know what I'm talking about? I was like, there is no way your ego could survive three girls and a wife, never mind six of them. So yes, you're hired. That's great. You know, and I guarantee he knows how to braid hair and he'll get his nails done with them. He's a great doctor. Now he's actually up at uh, Georgetown. Uh, oh yeah, nope. he moved from Mass General. Yeah, yep. he's in Georgetown now. But and he and and he's. I brought Mick in to see him. I uh, about two years I after the station date, and he was like, "I can't believe you're still alive." And I was like, "What do you know?" And he's like, "Can I write you up in, a, in the New England Journal of Medicine?" Blah blah blah. Yeah, go for it. So, um, of course, they didn't use his name because he's alive. But yeah, I mean. Doctors don't know all, but sometimes they just need to go back to the basics and yeah. go to God. Yeah, just kind of get the ego out of the way and just being the obstinate, I got to be right stuff and not being open to, I mean, especially we've learned over the last two and a half years, people have been showing us who they truly are, the true colors will all come out. But man, when you have so many people knocking at your door saying, hey man, you need to look at this other stuff, there has to be a point when you go, maybe I ought to take a look at that. I mean, an, an adult would do that, especially a professional with a license would say, you know what, all these people keep saying the same, maybe I ought to take a look to see what the hell they're doing instead of continually holding on to, they have to be completely wrong. There's no other way. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. The world does not work. Have, have you ever seen the world work that way? Nope. Or just humans are the only thing that hates change, I guess. I, I don't know. I admit you're wrong. Figure it out and try not to screw up again. That's the way I was brought up. Right. Yes, exactly. I'm like, hey, you know what? If you mess up, if you fess up to me, you're you know what? You're really not going to be in trouble. Just admit you're wrong and don't do it again. But if if you try and, and lie to me and hide it, you're going to get an exponentially more trouble than the, the little infraction, you know, would have gotten you into in the first place. Just the fix it. The, the willful arrogance and ignorance to say, oh, no, that's not happening. And then more and more evidence is coming out. And then, of course, we found out there could have been, you know, three quarters of a million people saved with earlier, more aggressive treatment, like the things that I talk about, Dr. Zelenko, Dr. McCullough, and others, right, that have helped lots of people. It, they're afraid if they admit that they're going to get hung, drawn, and quartered or something. Like well, that. that's not right. Yeah, from accountability, and accountability comes from, hey, you know what, we didn't listen. You, you, you know, you don't even have to say you're right. Just say we didn't listen and people got hurt and died. And we're not going to let that happen again because we're going to start listening to people. Well, well, why do you think they call it practice of medicine, right? You need to practice. You need to listen to other people. That's how all this stuff even evolved in the last few centuries in the first place was people sharing information and collaborating, not academia is all sitting in a room circle jerking and agreeing with each other without letting anybody from the outside have a different point of view. 
Exactly. Well, Doc, this has been absolutely amazing. I know you've got to go. Where can people find you? I Now, I did put the link to your book. Unfortunately, it was the Amazon link, but that's what I could find um, in, in the sub stack that I put I'm out this afternoon. Um, but where can people find you? Where can they pick up your book? Like, um, to tell people where they can follow you, please. Yeah, the book's on Barnes & Noble as a paperback and hardcover, as well as Amazon. It's free on Kindle Unlimited. Mm -hmm. um, I've sent out tens of thousands of free copies on PDF. I'll email anybody who shoots me an email. I can just send it, send me a message on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. It's Brett Barker at yahoo.com. It's really difficult to find. It's been that way since the nineties. Um, you know, I'll get to them as soon as I can, but I send the PDF out for free. I didn't do it to make money. Uh, people beat me up for, for not doing that, but I'm out to help people. That's why it's got every drug, every, every supplement, every mineral, every dose, every why, how, what it's all in there. You just got to follow it. Um, my biggest thing is people actually got to read it. I actually bought a couple dozen brownie buttons to give out to people that actually read it. I will mail them one. Um, so you get a brownie button, They're actually <laughs> Girl Scout buttons, but that's <laughs> all I could find. Uh, yeah, I did that about a year ago because people were, were calling me up, asking me questions constantly. I'd be like, page 111, page 29. I wrote it down, man. <laughs> I wrote it down. I, I, I really liked page, page 239 was the one that I jumped to. So Page 29 and page 111, folks. Why do you think he has them on the top of his head? Because those are the two that everybody asks for. So go to 29 <laughs> or go to 111. No. That's all you need. Well, fantastic. And uh, he's at Brett Barker on Twitter. He puts out uh, crazy tweets all the time. I mean, not crazy for us, but uh, I'm, I'm amazed that he didn't get suspended before Elon took over. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you, I'm sure you push it as far as you can and i push it right to the line every day I try, to, I try to keep a dull roar and you know i'd love you know i just can't you know display a lot of things um you know out there in the public for you know yeah for, for multiple reasons you know well leave, leave my wet work wet right exactly <laughs> we appreciate you being here doc right. we really do well, thank, thank you both for having me on and i'd love to have you back yeah, I want to I want to set up a, a panel show. I've I've kind of been thinking about this um, in a month or two. I think I have uh, two, maybe three more doctors coming on for our, our hope and healing series, and then I want to kind of I want to bring as many of you together as you can, so that you can do that sharing information thing with other doctors, <laughs> and you know, talking about what works and what doesn't work, and what you've you know what what you found successful for this you know this side effect or this injury or whatever, because that's and and we're just going to sit here in the back and color like I want. You to talk i got but, popcorn i can yeah. sit here and eat we just want to facilitate that conversation so that we can try and nice, more we, do, we do there are groups of us that do that pretty regularly it'd be nice to make it more widespread yeah i'd like some some are still kind of you know they'll have their screen blacked out kind of thing just because um you know where they work and you know things like that but there, there's lots of us like uh you know frontline they got me when we had about 30 of us now there's over 400 jesus flccc about the same way and and, we're, and then we, we cross over a lot of us are, are members of the same organization group and we're not paid at all yeah. we just we're groups that we get together we share this information and you know and, uh, and, i'm like mention a platform we chat on because i don't want to be looking at that but we do talk about all these things regularly and come up with solutions and i, I believe that you've seen less hospitalizations because of the efforts we've been doing hogan's hero style um and we'll never get credit for it but that's not the point you know but, 
The fact is, we've been doing it to save everybody else's asses, these guys who think that they know everything. Uh, but we'd, we'd rather save people. So. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, Doc. We really do. Thank you and so I much. know you got to go. So we're going to get you out of here. Um, thank you so All much right. again. You have a great day. And you I will do. be in touch soon. All right. All right. right Good night. Awesome. Bye. So, yeah, there you go, folks. Give me just a sec. We're working this. Yeah, I got to find a mouse. Find the mouse. mouse. It's a game. Find the mouse. (laughs) That's what we're playing. Find the mouse. Thunder. Thunder. Thunder kicks. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was a thunder kicks all the way. Yeah. That was a great. That was a great guest. I I now see your fire. I now see why you've been following him. And yes, I think he was the best doctor that we've had mm-hmm. uh, on so far. That just brought the fire right off the bat. Exactly. Like he started out dropping bombs and left dropping bombs. Mm-hmm. That's the way you want a guest. You want a guest to come in and say, "Look, you're all fucked up. You need to do this shit right. And if you follow what I say to do, you're going to get healed." And that's exactly what he said straight mm-hmm. through. And I like that because he's got balls. He's not afraid to throw his balls on the table and say, look, if you all, if you're sick and you do this, this is going to get you here. Yeah. And since he's an outdoor girl, I got to get to you real quick. Cause I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blow over you. I saw your thing. I actually marked it. First of all, I want to say, sorry to hear this. Um, I'm sorry, your hubby's in neuro ICU. What happened? It was like a peacock, even more gold necklaces and talk like I wouldn't understand him. His ego got in the way. He thought he was a god, like most neurosurgeons do. No, she's she she was saying that her husband ended up in neuro ICU. No, no, I her my hubby neuro. Her husband is a neurologist, an oh, ICU neurologist. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yes, yes, he was oh, a peacock. Okay. Oh, yes. okay. Now I understand what yes. you're saying. All right. She, oh, maybe. No, because okay, he's she, saying oh, 2016, oh, gotcha, an accident. Okay. All right, so. So explain to me what happened here so because we're confused. So her husband ended up in neurology and, or ended up in ICU and her neurologist, his neurologist was a peacock. That's, oh, I, okay. And talked to her like like she wouldn't understand what Look, he was all saying. all I can say is neurologists are fucking nerds. They really Neurosurgeons? are the guys you want to talk to because if you want a guy that's just going to diagnose a problem so this is what i came to understand about the doctor system and i don't know maybe you all are smarter than i am maybe you figured out a lot more before i did but i found out those who end their titles in ology and those who end their titles in surgeon you have a group that predicts what might go wrong with you And when you talk about a surgeon, you're talking about a motherfucker that's going to fix the problem ASAP. Because honestly, doctors, Western doctors are excellent at trauma. That is where they excel. Broken bones to brain surgery, right? That's where they excel. But when you start getting into the isms, the possibilities, that's, that's where that's where you end up with this woke bullshit that's killing people. No, well, not necessarily. Neurology <laughs> is the study of the human brain. All right. Let's let's put out what a neurologist is. Let's define what a neurologist is. He defines what the human brain is, what the human brain's capable of. He defines problems with the human brain. But when you ask about a neurologist fixing a human brain, it's neurology doesn't fix the brain. It's a theory. So every time they sent me to a neurologist, I I know I'm being a dick, but look, I, so had, I had a legit problem. I had a legit problem with my brain. 
And I kept going to see neurologists. It got to the point where I asked the question to the neurologist and I was being a straight up cocksucker because I was so tired. I was exhausted because I was going to appointment after appointment after appointment after appointment with neurology. Not with a neurosurgeon. With neurology. Not with a where motherfucker. Where they're telling him what they think is wrong. Who but could fix my brain? The, no, I've got this asshole who's theorizing about what might be wrong with my brain. The purple spec speckled polka dotted fucking purple eater <laughs> that's walking around in my brain eating my gray matter. Instead of fixing that problem, he just wanted to say, well, I'm speculating, of course, because I just can't open your head. But then you go talk to a neurosurgeon and a neurosurgeon goes, oh, dude, this is your problem right here. Look at this shit. This line here should be going right like this and see how it's going up and then over and then down and then it just stops. That's a problem. There's a part of your brain not getting any blood. Oh. So how do we fix that? Well, I go in there with a scalpel and cut that motherfucker out and I relace this other vein and I hook it back into where it was supposed to be hooked to. Okay, let's do that. Oh, well, let's do that. <laughs> That's like short circuiting a short circuit in a circuit board <laughs> and figuring out a way around it without going back through the same wires that are already shorted. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. That's genius. <laughs> so when I make fun of the people who come here and tell me that, oh, well, I'm with neurology, I'm with psychology, I'm with anyology. Like I don't invite people like that on here, okay? <laughs> anyology. I don't care what the ology is. <sighs> if you're an ology, you're a theorist. If you're a surgeon, you actually fix this shit. So for instance, I used to laugh at this because I used to call EOD guys. It was so funny. So EOD guys, initially, when you called the EOD tech, you used to get these guys come out. They would do site surveys. You know what I called them? I called them bombiology guys. <laughs> I would call over the bombiology. radio and I would say, hey, can you send me the bombiology guys? <laughs> and it got to the point where somebody finally asked the question. What is bombiology? What is bombiology? <laughs> I went into a diatribe on the radio how I have to deal with an asshole who has to tell me about a theorized problem instead of dealing with the EOD guy who's just going to take a C4 and make the problem disappear. Uh, Marilyn, the name of his book is the same as uh, the name of the sold show. Out called sold. sold Out Sold. With, by Dr. Brett Baker. Check Barker. him out. Or Barker. Yes. Sorry. Check him out, please. It's definitely worth the read. Uh, v. Lynn shared it with me, so I've got it now, and I'll read it. And Yes. If it's a quick read, like she said it was, then I'll be through it pretty quick. She was through it in two days, but she's a psycho, so don't even pay any attention to her. Okay. Jay Hawkeye said, there's a bug going around in my, and this is from Rumble. There's a bug going around in my adult daughter. Got it a month ago. She is not vaxxed, but can't shake it. What can she do? She can take hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, and I guarantee you that that will help. Yes. Um, and um, you can go not only that, you can also start with zinc. Um, you vitamin can start C, with vitamin, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin K2, vitamin K. You can get these two bottles right here. I'm going to tell you the only reason I got um, a little like, you know, when you get the tickle in the back of your throat, like you're about to get a sore throat, yeah. like, you know, you're about to get sick. You can feel it coming on. You're like, so one day she left this shit out. I poured it into my water because I, I felt that little tickle. Like I'd been around somebody the day before that I was like, eh, he's a little spotty, questionable type shit. I swear to God, I put, um, two and a half, uh, little middle milliliter I, I, dropper I take... thingies and I poured them into my water mm -hmm. and then poured the rest of my water yeah. in with my lime injury or my lime juice. I can tell you right now, Knocked just right by out. using those two done.
Done. So, and, and I get these, I get these off of Amazon. They come once a month. Um, like I have it on a subscription. So it's vitamin D3 and K2 it's from Aurora and it's liposomal. So you put it, um, it absorbs faster and then vitamin C and the, the, um, vitamin C is 3000 milligrams. So I'll put, basically I take one of the, uh, and it comes with a, a cap, you know, like a, a cup on it, a dosage cup on it. Um, so I put one, one cup each one capful each, um, in my water and then I'll put, uh, uh, emergency in there and some elderberry syrup and for the zinc. Um, and now I didn't go that far. Now, yeah. listen, what but I did, and, and I drink that every day. What I amazing. did is I felt like, give me that. I felt a little tickle in the back of my throat. Mm -hmm. If you grab one of your child, uh, like they come on the top of the cough suppressant shit. Yeah, same so thing. what I did the was cup. I filled the dosage cut cup up to 500 milliliters of both for this. And I slammed them in my drink and I just gave myself a, a super boost. And that 90% of the time, if you do that, when you feel that initial little jerk, that's when you're supposed to take like, uh, what is it? Not Theraflu, but uh, yeah, it's Theraflu. No, Zycam. Or Zycam. Yeah. That's when Which you're, is just zinc. That's Zycam all it is. is it's a massive, uh, it's a massive blowout of zinc. That's all this pretty much is. You're getting a massive blowout of vitamin D3, K2, which is zinc, and you're getting it at 3,000 milligrams plus a, a serving of 3,000 milligram vi vitamin C. You're going to blow out anything you've got in your system. You're going to shit weird for about a week, but I guarantee you're not going to have any problems. And it's just, that's because of the vitamin C, because really, I mean, I take, now I take 5,000 milligrams of vitamin well, C you'd be a day, fine if you're but you doing have to that. work your way yeah. up to it. So start at a thousand milligrams and, you know, I mean, you can get the, the chewable capsules or whatever. And then, you know, or start at 3,000 milligrams. And once your stomach settles to that, then up it to, you know, 5,000 or 6,000. So now I put, actually I'm at 6,000 cause I put two, uh, two capfuls of this in every day. Um, and you can go up to 10,000 and yeah, your, your gut will get, you know, until your body gets used to it, your gut will get a little crazy, but, um, like you'll poop a lot. But I mean, other than that, once your body settles into it, it's, it's really good for you. So um, I'm actually taking like a massive dose of, cause like when you think about that, if you think about it by the capful, if it's 3000 milligrams by the capful, then I'm taking close to 1200 milligrams of vitamin C and 1200 milligrams of vitamin D3 and K2 in one shot when I do that into the water. So just a thought. Yeah. You, you're getting a huge blast of the vitamins is your idea is the idea behind it. Uh, I, sh I should say either way. Um, I did, I did say this was going to be a crossover episode and there's something that I wanted to talk about. Um, sorry, I was going to. Tara asked me to text her the link to this. So, oh. um, there you go. That's one of them, Tara. You can find the other one from it. Well, before we get to that, we're going to get to something else because yeah, we got to do, do this first. Sorry. Absolutely. I got to do this because, because the one thing we didn't, my mind. we didn't talk about, there's going to be some more in there. I know there is. That was the, the half wolf book one. Um, the one thing we didn't talk about is CBD, which you guys know that, uh, CBD works great. Um, Lower that for me a little bit, babe. Because the other thing that Jay Hawkeye asked. No, because on, we're going to smoke this. First. I, I gotcha. But so the, we're going to do this first. I know, but we're we going to We're going to do this. our featured sponsor of the day while we smoke. So the other thing Jay Hawkeye asked on Rumble was where can you get ivermectin besides tractor supply? Which you can get the horse kind at tractor supply, and you have to figure out the dosage. And if you can get the, the human kind, I, I recommend that you do that. And you can uh, with Dr. Stella. So drstellamd.com. You can sign up, uh, you register as a, as a new patient. 
If you are currently sick, indicate that, and they will send you the medications more quickly. If you are not sick and you just want it for a just-in-case kind of a thing, let them know. Um, they do prioritize the patients that are sick right now, obviously. So drstellamd.com. Use promo code DEFIANT. You save 5% on everything, on your your doctor, your, your teledoc visit, your prescriptions. Um, your, her, she's got like an all-in-one uh, vitamin. COVID vitamin that's awesome, vitamins, all the stuff we've just talked about vitamin c vitamin d zinc quercetin all that too um it's it's fantastic so drstellamd.com it it now dr stella it can be a little expensive it's usually for i want to say hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin with the visit is like 500 bucks right you get a couple rounds of ivermectin like they send you the prescription you get you know more than one so um but if you're if you're strapped for cash as so many people are right now um, go to mygotodoc.com. Uh, he's not a featured sponsor because he's not a sponsor. He's just someone that we know and trust and have on a lot. That's Dr. Saeed. Dr. Saeed, if you go there, you can go get, you can get ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and you can tell him that you're strapped for cash. And if you're strapped for cash, he's going to just send the prescription to the pharmacy without the additional normal money that you pay, yeah. which is back to the doctor. Instead, he forgives that. And he says, just give him the medication. So you buy the medication basically at cost. Yeah. And he's, I mean, Dr. Saeed is, and we've again had him on here many times. He's just, he's one of those doctors like Dr. Barker that just really wants to help people, right? That's that's the most important thing. He wants to save lives. So mygotodoc.com. Um, if you can't afford Dr. Stella, then go to mygotodoc. He's also doing an antibiotic thing. Um, and he's both an allopathic as well as a naturopathic doctor. So he does not push the antibiotics, but we know there are situations where they they really can save your life so um you can get an antibiotic pack from him as well as an ebook that tells you exactly when to use the antibiotics I got you, bud. and what kind of natural medications you can use before then before you get to the point where you have to use the antibiotics so dr saeed at mygotodoc.com is an excellent resource you can also just go on there and ask questions for free all kinds of questions all kinds of things um and and he's just he's happy to help he and his team will answer as quickly as possible it's fantastic so, so also anyway. the big uh one of the big things that i've noticed a lot with this uh this fucking COVID thing <laughs> um folks really quick if you're a vet how many vets do i have listening to me right now that are actual veterans that like you can go get va not, not veterinarians like vets veterans like, like you service. can go get VA healthcare and shit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just asking, listen to me. If you guys, cause I don't know if you're aware and a lot of people are not. Okay. They legalized marijuana across the VA. Marijuana is legal through the VA. I'm going to tell you something that doctors don't want you to hear right now. And there's a lot of people that do not want you to hear this. If you are a member of the military or were a member of the military and you have been offered VA health care, do me a favor. Go back to the VA for your first time and whenever. Just I don't give a shit. Weed. Go get weed. Okay. Just for anything the VA's ever done, this is the first thing That's that for good. once is actually might save your life. Yeah. No kidding. And you won't kill yourself in the parking lot waiting for it. And do me a favor. 
it is shit weed. Sparky boy, it sucks. You're, you're not um, you're not a hundred percent accurate because the USA doesn't really respect our vets. It, they it's a lot of lip service, and don't get me wrong, people on the ground, like regular people, we the people respect our vets a, a thousand percent. The government, it's the does government not. that says that they respect the vets, but then they don't Do actually help us. respect the vets. So. Um, Reason but being yeah. is this. Yes, okay? the public, most definitely. And and the reason for that is honestly, it's because of Vietnam. Because I think there was a big culture shift after Vietnam. In during Vietnam, people blamed the soldiers for what was going on. And and when they came home, they were they were spit on and they were denigrated and they were they were generally hated. They were not respected at all. And, and then there was a culture shift. Then I think, and I think it was from really from family and friends, friends of these Vietnam vets who came home and they were shattered. Fuck. We thought we had it bad. You know what? No, no, no. Fuck, fuck all that. Because now I'm going to call bullshit to that because I'm sorry. My dad hosted a British military guy when my dad was a, this is when he was a full bird colonel. Yes. Um, it was a major from an English battalion that had come to the States and it, he lived with us for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And it was a whole like crossover, like their officers came over and served in our military. Our officers went over and served in their military. One of the things the British officer said on a number of occasions, because my dad and him, my dad's Irish. So it was weird having an English guy in the house, mm -hmm. but my dad being more of an American than a Mick. I mean, he is a Mick, but at heart in, in his blood, but he has been in America almost his entire life. He only understands America. He understands the struggle of Ireland, but he's only been in America. So he's never actually lived the same struggle that all of his brothers did. One of the things that I found a little crazy when this, this guy came here is he told me about the British response to Vietnam, which I never even, I never even contemplated. Never thought about that. His father served in the British military in Vietnam. His father got treated like we thought our soldiers got treated like shit. The British soldiers that came home from Vietnam they didn't even treat them for any of the diseases. If they got it in country, then that was something that they got in country and tough shit. That's wow. the way the British medical care system took care of the British soldiers that came to serve with American soldiers on the ground in Vietnam and were sent home. And I was like, whoa, at least they were denied treatment. Our guys were brought to a place in the Bronx and I've seen this hospital. Well, I saw it before it was destroyed. Finally, um, the house, the hospital in which, uh, you see in the beginning of, um, born on the 4th of July, where the rats that were running around the hospital were as big as dogs and cats. And that's where guys that were missing limbs that had spinal injuries. That's where they were living in New York city. They had to clean the rats off of beds before they put patients in them. That's what guys were coming home to in the 60s. That's disgusting. Okay. Just to give you an idea, that's horrible. But to, just to be denied care like you didn't just go serve in a war zone. That is like, I, I can't even imagine because not only the physical part of that because of your medical care, 
But the actual psychological part of that, your people not even identifying that you went to a bad place and you saw some bad shit, that's even worse. Did you watch the Venice? Yes, I did. Holy shit. Okay, really quick. Think about this really quick. Total, total tangent. This is so true too. And Liana, thank God, because I did piss my pants watching this. That was that smell. Think about this. All right. Any Ford car, there's no other cars you can do this with. Any Ford car, if you put anal in front of it, it becomes a thing. Seriously. The anal expedition. The anal explorer. What? The anal focus. What are you talking about? Think about it. If you take any Ford car Uh and you put anal in front of it, it becomes a thing. It's a real thing. The anal excursion. Oh, God. The anal expedition. No. The anal focus. The anal fusion. The anal fusion. (laughs) The anal fiesta. The anal escape. <laughs> okay, I guess. The anal Mustang. Oh my god! Wow, that's a rough one. I, I don't know about that one. The <laughs> anal dart. Well, that's only works if. But that was a Chevy dart. Oh, okay. That wasn't a Ford dart. Yeah, you're talking about. It was just something. You're talking that, out your ass now. The anal Crown Vic. See? <laughs> no. No, I don't see. <laughs> uh, oh, but there's wow. no other one you can do it with. You can't do it with every Chevy one. You can't do it with. The anal Ram. You, you can't. You can do that with Dodge. <laughs> okay, I, I'll give you Dodge. All right, I didn't think about that one. Wow. But Dodge has only got like, well, no, the Ram is not part of Dodge anymore. Ram is separate. It's its own company. Okay. So it would be the Ram Ram. They're the anal Ram. Maybe. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, the anal Ram. Anal Ram. The anal dart. Oh, God. Okay, I can't. I can't. All right. I can't. We're literally about to have church and you're talking about anal cars. (laughs) Hey, blame Liana. I always blame Liana. The anal challenger. But that's not a Ford car. Only uh, Ford cars. You can no, only do it with no, Ford cars. Found on road dead cars. Not <sighs> first uh, first on race day, too. Okay. Anyway. Annual changer. How about that one? Not the charger. charger. The changer. Oh, the anal changer. <laughs> the anal pinto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That I can't even think. Oh, my God. <laughs> Leave it to intolerant leftists to say that. The fucking anal pinto. Um, COPD. Okay, let's see. Um, mom was a smoker, quit off and on, and then permanently six years ago, right after the job, the jab diagnosed with COPD. Yes. So the was same her thing dad. happened to my dad. My dad, dad smoked forever. Way. He just quit smoking, got the jab. Now he has COPD. Now listen to this. He was like, he was bad. He was a three pack a day smoker. Oh yeah. Easy. No joke. Easy. And he only smoked it. Well, no, he, he's no. He legit smoked them. Yeah. No, he legit three pack a day. He would go through three packs a day. Trust me. I watched, I counted them. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, I, 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 I was good. I, when I smoked, I couldn't even keep up with that. I was like three packs a day. Holy shit. Um, but I, I, I noticed one thing about him. And the one thing that always struck me weird, right? 
his mom, his dad, um, and his uh, uncle all died from lung cancer. I asked him after when his mom was really sick, um, because I knew his mom, that's the problem. I, I knew his mom, his mom was a great lady. Um, she was always in her life. Every time that I ever thought of her grandmother, I, it took me forever to think of her grandmother as another lady. But, um, he, she, to me, that was always her grandmother. I met her. I was, I was very nice. I was very cordial with her. I was treated her, you know, with the most respect that you're supposed to. And, um, it was very odd that when I saw all three of them die of that, we were down. It was just after her uncle had been diagnosed with stage four fucking lung cancer. Lung cancer. Yep. And I looked at him and I, I said to him, same thing you said to me, that the got me to quit same smoking. thing that I said to her, I said, Hey, uh, when are you going to quit? And he looked at me and he's like, quit. I was like smoking. He didn't want to accept that cigarettes were causing lung cancer. Then he certainly doesn't want and to admit that the jab is causing was his not that now. long ago. No. No. Trust me, but <laughs> he does not want to admit that this jab is causing his problems, though. Um, but listen, think about what COPD is. COPD is a catch all for pulmonary disease. What is pulmonary disease? It means you're literally not getting enough oxygen in your lungs. No, what it means is cardiopulmonary disease. All right. What is happening? The avioli inside your lungs. So you have little stems that branch out. They have those little weird, they look like broccoli. Everybody says, oh, it looks like broccoli. Yes, it does. Under a microscope, it looks like broccoli. Okay. That's called your alveoli. That alveoli that's out there, that is what scrubs and filters the oxygen in the air into your lungs. When that alveoli gets encrusted or gets a lot of phlegm on it, or either has hard phlegm or loose phlegm on it. You can always tell in the way someone coughs. Or, or maybe some of those little concrete plugs that Doc was talking about. Not all the time. Not in alveoli. There's normally a barrier between it because alveoli can suck oxygen no matter how the actual stem is. It's immaterial. It can still scrub oxygen and take it into the bloodstream and carry it in your bloodstream anywhere. The problem with alveoli is when it gets covered, when it's covered by a thick mucus where it's in, it's impossible to transmit an oxygen cell through that into the alveoli. Um, that being said, that is what, when you have that happen, when phlegm becomes encrusted around alveoli, that is really bad. That is the step away from uber infection and death because then you're not getting anything. You're not getting air. You're not getting, you're not scrubbing CO2. You're not doing anything at that point. Your blood cells are no longer helping the biome of your body. So how do they diagnose COPD? COPD is diagnosed because uh, normally it happens in branches. So it doesn't happen to the whole lung all at once. It happens in what they call branches and it stems out. It, it starts in a long fibrous, kind of like what we're... Amyloidosis, amyloid fibrous clots. 
almost almost the same way, but it's more mucusy mm-hmm. on on the lung. If you think about it, you constantly have air going into your lungs, so there's a lot of mucus in your lungs that keeps the tissue alive. Because if the tissue dried out, it would die. So there's a lot of mucus in your lungs. So if you think about that amyloidosis, and if you think about it being too watery, that would kill you because that's what pneumonia does. Yeah. You literally get water in your lungs. Pneumonia, you drown to death. You don't die from a lack of an ability to control oxygen change over in your lungs. No, you drown to death. You drown because you have too much liquid in your lungs and your blood is no longer transfusing CO2 or oxygen. Because you got to remember your blood moves all of that shit. Your lungs are the scrubber for it. The CO2 comes out of your lungs. Oxygen goes in your lungs. So I would say the jab would exacerbate that or a hundred percent. I think that, um, maybe, even potentially my dad's COPD because they said, well, they couldn't find anything else wrong with him, but they're, they're diagnosing him with a little bit of COPD. Okay. And I think it's just because of the reduced oxygen in his blood, because, think about it this way. No, no. What your dad has, and this is what I think your dad has. Um, and I've, I've said this for a very long time, Sparky boy, do you remember in Scotland, uh, especially in Scotland, you guys had a breakout, um, about 15, 20 years ago. Um, it was, they called it pneumatic fever. Do you remember that? Hmm. Anyway, go on. And I, I ask you because it, it was only in Scotland that it happened. And you guys didn't. Ha- okay. So yep. you do remember it. So pneumatic fever is very interesting. Down in the bottom of your lung sac, you have a, um, what they call it. It's a phlegm catch. It's, it's, I know it sounds gay. Just stop with your fucking disgusting thoughts. I can okay. hear them already. All right. Yeah, the we're phlegm- going to go down a whole different, uh, the- no, we're not. Okay. The phlegm catch is it's a thick mucousy membrane where it catches old phlegm. Basically, it breaks it down. It it gets basically taken back into the membrane, the outer wall membrane of your lung. It gets transported back up to the top and it becomes phlegm again, where it works its way back down to the bottom of your lungs. That's what the phlegm catches. And it catches like certain nutrients that is pulled in through your lungs that you breathe naturally that (laughs) your scrubbers scrub out. And when they scrub that out, that becomes nutrients for the whole wall of your lungs. And it keeps your lungs the way they look. If you ever look at your lungs, um, under when, when your chest is wide open, you see a set of full healthy lungs. They're very bright red. They're very, very red. And that's what that does. Part of that problem though, when you get a low grade pneumonia is you build up a liquid that covers the catch. If your lungs can't scrub that, if they can't pull that nutrients back out and pull it back up, your lungs get what we call the pasty grays. And when you open a chest, uh, you see a pasty gray. That's the way the lungs look. They look unhealthy, uh, look very disgusting. They're not inflating to full capacity. A lot of people, uh, doctors, especially on this surgery, when they do this surgery to you, um, a lot of times, if they're going to go in and remove fluid from around your heart, 
they do this process. They do the same thing because it starts to show up in people with pericarditis. It is a very big thing with pericarditis. This low filling liquid in your lungs because your blood's not doing essentially the job it should. And it's the same disease, just backwards. Instead of your lungs not doing the job it should, it's your blood not doing the job it should. So it's not moving enough of the bad shit out. And now your lungs start to fill with fluid. And when that happens, it affects your heart at the same time. So this is why pericarditis and the vaccine and all these other problems that are going on with the lungs, they're all interconnected. It's all going to fuck you up. It's just a matter of where and when. Yep. And it's going to fuck everyone up. Um, and Toya, no, it doesn't mean you have to be nice to people. Are you kidding me? Um, Mickey V that badge because he likes you for who you are. We don't expect you to change. Dude, you show up all the time. Come on now. I don't expect anything different from you. <laughs> I expect you to fucking slay beans the way they're supposed to be slayed. Yes. Okay. Period. Exactly. Um, ask Sparky boy, he'll tell you. Yes, exactly. So, uh, I, I had a bit of a, a revelation about revelations and then I was corrected. And then I had another revelation about revelations. <laughs> That's why this is a crossover episode between hope and healing and revelations because they're connected. It figured she wanted to bring it back to fucking doomsday. Well, no, this is important. <clears throat> Human <I> said, <laughs> sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. So, all right. We, as humans, created our way of thinking about time, right? In a very organized, linear way. <clears throat> One thing after another, right? And... and and the Bible is laid out like that. Revelation, you have Revelation 1. Everything is numbered, right? I mean, your Revelation 1, 2, or, you know, 3, 7, whatever it is, everything is, everything is numbered. And when we read Revelations, because we're human and because that's how our brains work, because we like organization and structure, when we read revelations, we think that these things are going to happen as we're reading them concurrently or consecutively, right? One after another, that one, that revelation one dash one is going to happen first. And, you know, revelation 13 is going to happen last, but that's, that's not actually how it works because that's not how angelic beings or God see time that's not how let's well let's define time time is a construct that humans constructed to start and end every day exactly because as human beings became smarter and became aware of things like fire oh 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 i make fire oh oh i mean you're um, not quite there yet but okay <laughs> as they became smart they realized wow the sun goes up mm -hmm. and goes down mm -hmm. over a set period. And if you have a lot of and things then, to do and you need to be efficient, you can organize them so you do one thing after another. The moon comes up and then the moon goes down mm -hmm. over a set period. Hmm. 
uh, me man, me see time period, uh, start day, end at night, start night, end at day. Mm -hmm. And we started to formulate time. Humans put that construct, not God, humans. God told us seven days and on the seventh day, seventh day he rested. That's all God told us. But we don't know how long his days are compared to ours. Exactly. His days could be years where our years might be just seconds or minutes to him. Which is why every time we've talked to or every time I've talked to any of them, their their perception of time is always messed up. Like the recording, if you guys have heard the previous two conspiracies and heard the recording, um, I even say to him, your perception of time is messed up because he says, you know, this was how long ago. And I said, no, 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 that was just two weeks ago. Um, so as it pertains to revelations, revelation one, the first thing that they talk about the first, the first trumpet, the first seal is not necessarily going to come first. And they're not necessarily going to come one after another, after another. They are going to, they are going to come whenever they come and they are going to happen concurrently one on top of another. And they're not going to happen for everybody at the same time. One of the biggest things, um, that I always take from revelations, if there is one thing that I always noticed, okay, John did a, you gotta remember how John got this. He was on an Island by himself. He was shown a vision. How would you deal with a vision that showed you thousands of years in the future about things that you have no idea? For instance, if you were to, to describe to Jesus Christ himself right now what a motor vehicle was, could you do it? Could you do it and know that he understood what you were saying? Like, like when we were on the plane and Gabriel came to me and he said, where are we? And I said, we're on an airplane. And he said, a what? And I said, a tin can with wings that flies through the sky. And that was literally how I described it to him. A tin can with wings that flies through the sky. So that, that being said, that's what he was shown. And he tried to put it in ways that we could understand it. Does it still seem scatterbrained completely? Because it is. Because I got to tell you, what comes first, trumpets or seals? Do you guys know? Can you guys figure that out they come from, revolu from revelations? Because according to the way John talks about it, from what I know, the trumpets and the seals happen at the same exact time. There's no time difference. Over the, time. The one big, the only thing that, ta that John tells us in revelations that we know for a fact is that the little time of trouble is preceded by the big time of trouble. We know the big time of trouble lasts for 12 years, 12 years. Do we know that the seals break or the trumpets call within the 12 year window before or after that happens? Revelations is not clear on any of that. It does not tell you that. What it does tell you is what's going to happen, not when it's going to happen in, re, in, in an actual like date or in relation to other things. It just tells you what's going to happen. So there's, there's going to be a future episode. I think, um, <laughs> Oh shit. Okay. Sparky's got the best ever. All right. Really quick, because you guys were wrong about the crown Victoria. The crown Victoria was not the actual model name of the car. 
Okay, sticking with the anal title, Sparky Boy is 190% correct. It would have been known as the Ford Anal Interceptor Interceptor. (laughs) because it was named after the engine. It would have been known as the Anal Interceptor. Okay, all right. Can we can we not talk about anal interception? Holy shit! Sparky just blew my mind. I'm sorry. Uh, Okay, all right. So I think um, so. Next next Sunday, Mixed going hunting. So, um, we're going to do, I'm going to play, uh, the two movies that I told you about the truth about ivermectin and uh, safe and effective a second opinion. Um, so I'll just, it'll just be me and I'll just be, we'll, we'll have a movie day. Um, if there's a different movie that you guys would rather see, let me know. I'll be more than happy to play it because whatever. Um, but probably the 18th, which will actually be our anniversary. That'll be fun. We could do this on our, on our, the 18th will be our 18th wedding anniversary. Holy shit. It, It'll be the day after we were married, but no, December eighteenth. We baby, our anniversary is on December eighteenth. Yeah, that's a, this December eighteenth was a Saturday, the day we were actually married. This is okay, a Sunday. The Sunday. All right, but fine. Anyway, so um, but we'll we're we're gonna do uh, at that point we're gonna we're gonna sit down with the Book of Revelations and we're gonna go through it and we're gonna pull out everything that they've all the signs. Okay. Yeah, it's eighteen. Uh, yes, we're going to pull out the signs from Revelations and we're going to see what's what's happened and what hasn't. But and we'll we'll that'll be a that'll be a fucking hell of a long show. Um but at this point um something that that a uh, revelation that I I've kind of been playing around with because if you guys remember in Revelations they talk about um uh, let me find it. I need not already have it brought up. Well, I have Revelations brought up, but not this particular one. All right. So Revelation nine ten. Well, nine starts at nine five. Hold on. All right. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes man. Okay. So think about that just go like this no go like that okay Um, okay so what does that have to do with pristine all right so what else have we heard about a a five-month time period recently five months is the average amount of time that it takes for someone to die after their booster Roughly. Why is that? One in 63 people die within die five months after the booster. When you look at the charts from ethical skeptic and, and uh, people like that, that are doing these charts and you see, you'll see the booster wave. And then, you know, this is the date the booster was given out. And then five months later, you see all these excess deaths coming in. All right. But for five months, these people are tormented. They're tormented like they've been stung by a scorpion. Think about it. And we heard from Dr. McCullough that everybody is going to end up with spike protein in their blood. The spike protein is the sting from the scorpion. Think about it. So, uh, here we go. Read the full chapter. The fifth trumpet, Revelation 9, fifth trumpet, the locusts from the bottomless pit. 
Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power." They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. Crowns, like a corona. And their faces were like the faces of men, like a corona that was designed by men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. Hair like women's hair, like those fibrous clots that we're seeing. And their teeth were like lion's teeth, like the spike proteins that are literally spiking into blood cells. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. Oh, like the, the hydrogel that encapsulates the synthetic mRNA. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. Hmm. What does blood sound like when... There's little micro blood clots running through your your veins. No idea. I don't know either. They had tails like scorpions and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had as a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon. But in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. So my theory was that those who were chosen, the 144,000 would be protected from the shedding. I was told that I was wrong. The 144,000 have not been chosen as of yet. Um, At least not all of them. And um, that no one will be protected from this. However, I do think that those ones who have the possibility of being chosen, um, that the ones that have a, a strong connection to to God, to source, um, I, I do think we have some some kind of protection from God from the severe debilitating effects of, say, spike proteins that have been shedded onto you. But we're still going to suffer. Your your menstrual cycles might be messed up. Um, headaches. I don't know about y'all, but I, I've recently started having a little bit of tingling in my fingertips, especially when I take a hot shower. Um, it just started in the last few days. It's a, I mean, it's a blood flow issue. It used to happen when I smoked cigarettes a lot, but, um, you know, th- that's something cause actually someone else was talking about tingling in ha- hands and feet. That's actually a very, very. Tara, uh, shall we educate or shall we just ahead. let her deal with it? No, go ahead. Tell me tingling. Go ahead. What part of my body do I not have tingling in that's not well, painful? Well, because you're, I, I don't know. Holy fuck. Every extremity, as Tara, Tara probably has the same well, problems you, I have. You can't feel one whole leg, so that shouldn't have tingling because you can't feel it at all. Yeah, but it tingles around where I, it stops feeling. Okay. So nerve damage. 
Yeah, it's severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, cytoparalysis, yeah. uh, edemic paralysis. I, I can go through all of the different mm-hmm. names for it. Yeah. There's about a billion different names for it. And what is nerve damage caused by? 90, I, actually, I actually just watched a whole show on this the other day because there was this guy who- 90% of the time, mm-hmm. traumatic injury. Yep. And I haven't had any traumatic injury. So what is this nerve damage caused So you by? have the other 10%. Mm-hmm. So based on this, this show that I watched, this guy- um, Which would be pneumatic, but not really pneumatic because it's not pneumatic because that would mean it's coming from within- you have the other side of it, which is the overactive immune system. Because look, your immune system is a tight balance. When your immune system is perfectly balanced, you don't get sick, you don't get shit, okay? If your immune system's too weak, you, you're constantly getting sick, you constantly are fucking dying. If your immune system is too strong, it will attack legitimate shit in your body that you need to survive. So like it will attack your liver. The The first time, the first time that you notice, uh, first time anybody uh, ever goes to the hospital for anything involving their immune system, nine 90% of the time you go in for a pancreatic issue because your immune system is on fucking steroids. For instance, I was given in a very short time while I was in the hospital, a massive amount of not only narcotics for pain, but I was given massive amounts of antibiotics, uh, along with, uh, probiotics, you name it. I was given massive amounts that my body was just not even used to fast forward about six months of going through this and my pancreas tried to eat itself. Yep. He ends up with pancreatitis. I end up in the hospital with pancreatitis where my body is just, I am, you, I put anything in my body. It got to one point in the middle of the night where it was really fucking scary, where I finally said, okay, I'll go to the hospital. I puked into the toilet and it was that like green ooze, like so bright Straight green. Mm-hmm. It was scary. Like I was like, that shouldn't glow like that. Mm-mm. Uh, I, I gotta, we gotta go to the hospital, we gotta go to the yeah. hospital now it because bad. it burnt my, all the way up. It burnt from my gut all the way up. It felt like my whole esophagus was like being eaten, uh, and, eaten apart. And you're absolutely right. My immune system went into overdrive when I got that stomach bug a couple of weeks ago. And it, it's still, that's what's causing this little bit of tingling in my hands, uh, my fingertips, especially when I take a hot shower because of the temperature change. However, so I know what caused mine, but if you haven't just recently had a nasty stomach bug like I had, um, or, you know, had some kind of other, whatever it is, um, notice how she refers to it as uh, a stomach bug, Liana, yeah, you well, know, a stomach bug being my, pregnant, I am it would not be pregnant. like a parasite. Shut up. I'm not pregnant. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that be accurate? I mean, they are you parasites, think you should, think, but you think you anyway. should, she should take some ivermectin? I, I'm fenbendazole. I'm but anyway, um, that is also something that can be caused by the jab because, or by the shedded spike protein, because spike protein does the same thing to your immune system. It causes it to go into overdrive because now all of a sudden you have this thing in your body that your body doesn't recognize. And so it's going to make those antibodies to try and combat it. And 
if you've not been injected with the program to make the mRNA and the spike protein, then you're just getting someone else's spike protein. So your body's not going to continually make it like the, you know, toxic spike protein factories that, that are walking around in the streets. But you can end up... You have AIDS. Yes, you have AIDS. I hate to tell you, boy, that you have AIDS. You got the AIDS. You may have caught it when you stuck that filthy... No, that's not a filthy Anyway, either, but, um, you know, you may end up with... You have... have tingling in your extremities, uh, a, a lot of phlegm production, uh, flu-like symptoms, headaches, nausea, menstrual cycle upset, um, help heart palpitations, dizziness, uh, fatigue, all of these things, all of the things that we talk about as jab injuries, you, you will feel those for five months until your body gets rid of it, until your body overcomes it until your immune system does what it's designed to do. As long as you keep your immune system good and healthy and you keep your connection to God strong. But I believe that that is, I think that's, that's that seal coming, coming to life. I mean, I, I've asked a lot of preachers. I've Actually, asked it's, a, the, it's the fifth trumpet. I've asked a lot of preachers. I've asked a lot of fucking priests. I've asked a lot of people to explain that one to me. I don't know about you all. Have you ever asked anybody to explain rev revelations to you to put it in the order in which John saw it? And it's weird because everybody says the same problem. We don't know where John begins and where John ends. The problem with revelations is you don't know the start of revelations and you don't know the actual end of revelations other than the recreation of the world. So it's left to the skeptic as to what happens in the beginning and the end. As one priest put it to me, he said, the best way I can explain it is this. You think of the end of times as a specific dead point date, as if, if we hit this point in the world, if enough humans act this way in the world, this is going to start this. He said, but what if, what if let's just pitball for a second. What if it's not about that? What if it's about a certain group of people? If a certain group of people act a certain way in enough time and enough space over the course of the same time and space continue, continuum, however you want to put it, what if it's that just that group of people that are doing it? Does that not change your definition of re what Revelations is? And I said, how do you mean? He said, well, instead of revelations being affecting everyone, what if it was just that one group of people? I was a scared. I was very scared, very, very, very scared to ask the next question because I was afraid that I was just going to get my ass whooped. I said, would God be that malevolent? I, because I, I, that's, doesn't sound like the God I know was our son just not telling us how evil the, or how bad the, the God of the old Testament why was. I was very night? scared because I'm very well educated as to what the Bible says. And if you read the first book, the first amendment, if you will, of the Bible, the first amendment tells you about a very fucking angry, the, the old Testament fucking rapturous God who is about wiping out mankind. Uh, he does it five times. Or mostly. And I, I said, we're like cockroaches. We keep coming back, which, so 
I said, okay. I, I knew that that was going to be his answer because you gave me his answer. That was his answer. And I said, okay, but which one are we facing here? Because the Bible was very prescriptive, very descriptive. There's very many. It tells lots us. Of, lots of different gods in the Bible. That the one God who did the first thing, he's no more. Like the other God rose up, kicked his ass and fucking whooped him, threw him in a sack. He's no more. Don't have to worry about that God no more. Now the second God that's there. Is this all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God Aloha. who takes care of us? So when does that God get angry? Because that's the one I'm afraid of. That's the one when he gets angry, you know that shit ain't ending pretty. That's like a virgin who you married and just found out you were screwing around. She just found out you were screwing around it's, on her. It's the, the still waters run deep, right? It's the it's the placid ones that you really have to watch out for. Right? Those are the scary bitches because they're about to be the ones that come after you putting glass in your food and shit. No, they're just going to wipe out all of humanity with a, a, a poison death shot. So again, my question becomes that sheds on other people, which God are we facing here? And Oh, I mean, I know there's a God up there. I'm just afraid of which one we're at because I got a feeling we're going back to the first one and that's not a good, I, I, that, that ain't a good way to go at all. Because when I read about him, that motherfucker scares the shit out of me. I'd be dead in his world. The anal super duty. Jesus Christ. Okay, hold on. Mighty yeah, Patriot. I'm going to hell. Mighty Patriot says, I have a cyst the size of a softball growing on my pancreas. They can't remove it without killing me and they can't drain it. It sucks. Um, have you considered the possibility that that cyst doesn't actually a cyst, that it's a, a parasitic egg sac? Throwing it out there. Maybe try some ivermectin. Ivermectin, fenbendazole. Fenbendazole. That's the one I go with because yeah. that's a cheaper option right now. Amazon, and 50 You won't bucks. spend all that much money Seriously. on it and you can give it a shot. And if it works and your cyst disappears, then we know what the fuck it was. Yep. Fenbendazole works the same as ivermectin. That's yeah. why we say fenbendazole. It's, like, it's a little more broad spectrum than ivermectin, actually. Fenbendazole is more like Cipro. But we're not gods and we're not, and we're, we're not, not doctors. doctors and we're not recommending you do anything or telling you to do anything. Just, but if I were you, if you wanted to try it, if it were me and I were going to do it, I would try a little fenbendazole first. Because they just are using ivermectin and fenbendazole to treat cancer all over the place right now. And that's really what, a, a, that's what a cyst is. And Liana Wilbert is not a doctor either, but we've heard this stuff from many people. And uh, they said that if you try the apple seeds, the peach seeds, and uh, a snake in the toilet, it normally works. There you go. Bitter raw apricot seeds from RNC. We heard this, and it's again, it's suggested use uh, to consume three seeds an hour. Don't consume more than three seeds an hour or 10 to start a day, but 10 is normally found to have a uh, much better effect on um, cancer. Inflammation, cancer, all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Try that. Right. I mean, if you can buy it over the counter, then I don't need to be a doctor. Cipro, if you can find any, uh, your uh, best yes. bet is don't. Uh, go, no, go to go to Dr. Saeed, mygotodoc.com. He has the Cipro in his antibiotic pack. Go, if you don't want to do that, there is a more broad spectrum, higher dose that you can get for dogs. 
and it's called Diffro. Diffro is almost the same exact thing as Cipro. It's just a bigger, broader spectrum. If you can get that and you take a half of that pill, it's the same adult dosage that you'd be taking of Cipro with a broader, an extra broader spectrum in there. But it tastes like shit. It does taste like it's a pill. It's a horse <laughs> no, pill. It's a dog pill, but it's a horse pill. Yes. It's the same size as a horse pill. Yeah. Um, Much better though. So yeah. Anyway. Um, so, so yeah, next weekend, next Sunday, we will uh, do doubleheader movie and God does have a sense of humor. And then the, the following he made sex, right? The following Sunday for our anniversary, we will, we will dig into, into revelations. We will have a, a revelations church session. So um great way to top off how we're going to talk about we're going to kill ourselves we have so much to do that day we have to talk about how we're going to kill ourselves and, not, and get away with it and get away with yes, it yes that's our standard anniversary dinner talk well i mean shit i got a book reservation sunday shit why we gotta go to dinner why because we always, I always take you to a fancy place for our restaurant, or, you know, our fancy restaurant that we go to every year. Yeah, we're broke as fuck, babe. We're not going there. Do you want me to say, <laughs> do you want me to go take pictures of it? And then we'll like hang them up there, inside the house around in different areas there so we go. can say, hey, we're sitting at our normal table. Mm-hmm. We can go to the bar down the street. That'll work. The, the Irish pub. That'll work. I want to go there anyway. That'll work. Okay. Um, this Tuesday, we have uh, Dr. Joe Noisma coming on talk about frequency healing. That's going to be very, very cool. And then uh, Robert Scott Bell coming on on Thursday um, with, he's got a cardio product also part of our hope and healing series. And then of course we'll have the news Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, yeah. Well, I'm not going to be here Thursday. No, you're not going to be here Friday. Oh yeah. You're leaving uh, Thursday after yeah. school. You're not going to be here Thursday or Friday. Yeah. So I'm going to find a co-host to come and join me on Thursday and Friday uh, while Nick is going to fill our freezers. Um, uh, yes. Outdoor gal, he did get distracted from the VA weed talk. Why don't you close us out by finishing your thought from before about the VA weed? Just go get it. Go get it. If you guys have it, have the chance to do it, go get it. Go get the weed. Dead serious. Just do it. It's yep. so st- Folks, I'm telling you, I've got more friends and friends that are doing this. And I, we are all the guys that told you years ago that you were potheads, that you were fucking stupid, that I wouldn't do that shit. We were big into bodybuilding and all that other crap. And now all that pain is coming back. And it came back with a vengeance. After I got hurt, my body swelled up like a fucking beach balloon. I'm telling you right now, fucking... Go. No, I, they didn't flag him for gun control. I don't take anything other than weed. I smoke and weed and CBD. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Off it. Of, off the anti-seizure, anti-psychotics, um, the blood pressure, the pain. My, my blood pain pressure has been the best it's Adderall, ever been. My off it, all, all right. right. My blood pressure right now, post heart attack too. By the way, all right. So this is all post the heart attack. I finally got it. I'm 120. I was 126 over 83 the other day. Which I totally caused this heart attack. So that is True. my resting heart rate, which is exactly where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. That's perfect. Yep. So I just got to hold it there for a couple more months and I might be able to start firefighting again. No, because then we can't do this every day. Uh, well, we'll have to make a decision. That's true. Cause we are kind of broke. 
Yeah. Uh, I do want to say thank you to everyone that uh, subscribed to the Substack. Really appreciate it. I am um, about halfway through. Yeah, that's right. And you can't have a beard at the firehouse. Anyway, um, I'm about halfway through writing the, the or retyping the story, the, the full first story that will be the full first paid angelic Yes. Uh, Archangels among us. Um, so that's coming and I really have to get it done because I've got all the rest of them like burning a hole in my brain that I just, I need to get out. So, um, so that's, that's coming, but, uh, of course the Patriot party pod review will always be free. So go and subscribe to that. Yes. Um, Seamus, I put that on there. He is gigantic. <laughs> He's so big. He's such a big boy. So, and, uh, I think with that, we're going to go get a Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause we still su subscribe to pagan traditions. I'm German. So we have to get a Christmas tree. Yeah, if I didn't have a Christmas, I, I almost got shot last year cause we had a fake tree. Oh my God. I was so mad cause we were moving and I understood it, but I was so pissed cause we have to have a real tree. So we might, we might have, I've got to trim the tree in the, in the, uh, the pool enclosure and I'm going to put lights and ornaments on that one too. And then I don't know, we might put the fake Christmas tree up somewhere too. So we might end up with three trees this year. So. Whatever. It's a big ass house, so whatever. Why not? <laughs> All right. So we're gonna get the fuck out of here, yeah. fuckers. Y'all have a great night. Enjoy your Sunday. And uh we will see you back here tomorrow night. Uh five forty um yeah, five forty five for Liana's lounge. Yep. And then uh six PM the show starts promptly and uh we'll get it going. Yeah. Uh We've already had a whole lot of fire that came out today. I'm sure you've all been watching the news, but there's all sorts of things to come. Um, I've actually talked to a couple of people, so this is going to be Monday. It might be a lot of fire, so you might want to tune in tomorrow night because there might be a lot said. You might get some uh, new information that you haven't heard yet. Excellent. So, yeah, check out. Our, thank you, Liana. Always uh, check out our website, PatriotPartyPod.com. Um, you still get twenty percent off your first order. Um, with promo code defiant and, uh, Obviously. yeah, just hit the 20% off button. It literally pops up on the website when you go there. So, yep, absolutely. So either way, fuckers yep. have a great night and, uh, we will see you tomorrow okay. and, uh, for the make and be Lynn, we'll talk to you later. Fuckers have a great night. Thanks for watching. Small. One man on the 
Have fallen, swallowed the day. 